What's happening, weirdos? Uh, Washington, D.C., Fairfield, Connecticut, Boston, New York, North Carolina, Orlando. These are all the places that are confirmed that I am coming and doing stand-up as part of the Silly Silly Fun Boy Tour. I'm going to be adding even more dates and tickets for all of those shows, and any upcoming shows will always be at PeteHolmes.com. Hope to see you on the road, baby! This is Will Forte. What a thrill to have Will on the show. Uh, We did a live show at Largo. Speaking of which, my Largo show is going to be on November 26th this month. But it's always once a month at Largo. Go to Largo-LA.com if you're in the L.A. area and want to come see me do stand-up. That's every month, regardless of when you hear this. Uh, So let's get to Will, as I always say, as quickly as possible. Hope to see you on the road. Show your support of this podcast by checking out a Pete's Pick. Pete's Picks mean these are actually products that I love and use. And in this case, I'm wearing, literally right now, I'm wearing cranberry me undies. That's right, MeUndies. A lot of people do ads for MeUndies. I don't know if they actually... I'm assuming they do. But I can tell you, for me, I really wear and I really love MeUndies. And the best time to get into MeUndies might be the holiday season, meaning the best holiday, Hallow's Eve, Halloween. They have the best prints for all of the holidays, but the Halloween prints really do put me in a good mood. All of their prints are funny. They're cool. They put me in a good mood when I'm, when I'm throwing on my Thunderwear in the morning, and Halloween is a great time to get into it. For those of you that don't know, Val and I, we're tired. We're grown-ass people of having just not good underwear. I had heard about MeUndies on other podcasts, and I did a complete MeUndies overhaul. This is before they were a sponsor. I just went on their website bought dozens and dozens of pairs for both of us, and I love them. They are made from micro-modal fabric, which is like multiple times softer than cotton. Incredibly, incredibly soft, incredibly perfect, that right kind of cozy but not too tight fit. They also make lounge pants, which I swear by. In fact, I often record this podcast while wearing my Me Undies lounge pants, and they make onesies. Yes, grown-up onesies. So incredible prints, incredible fit, incredible onesies, incredible lounge pants. These are the underwears for you. And if you want to get some really guaranteed to win first prize of the costume contest underwear, get it and show your support of this podcast. All you got to do is go to meundies.com slash weird. Buy the underwear you should be getting anyway because you love yourself, but also you'll be getting 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, and showing your support of this always free show. What a fun way to give back to the show and also give to yourself and that, that sweet, sweet booty. MeUndies.com slash weird. The other Pete's pick that I just took is my Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. I was feeling a little bit stressed going out of town. And there was all these things kind of piling up. And when I start feeling stressed, back in the day, I don't know, have a cocktail? That's not healthy. It's not good. And I need something that can help me manage but stay in the game and focus and concentrate and flow. And I was so happy when I found CBD, which is hemp oil, which is what Charlotte's Web is. It's made from the hemp plant, but it is not an intoxicant. It's not like a cocktail. It's not like smoking weed. They use science, science, to remove the THC, which is obviously what gets people stoned in the hemp plant. And they leave the body and brain beneficial CBD. I know a lot of places... 
uh, are pushing CBD. I see it everywhere. I see it in coffee shops now, and I love it. But Charlotte's Web is made by the Stanley Brothers, the most reputable CBD company that I've ever come across, that I've even heard about. They're the only company that I know that grows their hemp in Denver, in America, for human consumption, for medical purposes, not just miscellaneous hemp. Some might be a a fucking house and some might be put in your body. It's all made for medicinal reasons. It is a wonderful plant ally. It's wonderful for me personally as an anti-anxiety. It helps me relax. I love it when I travel. I love it when I'm stressed. I love it when I'm working and I just want to take a little bit of that edge off, a little bit of that resistance off and flow with what I'm doing. They also make bombs so you can get on hemp on you topically for a soothing sensation and I swear by it. The best way to try it, the best way to know what it is, is to try it. I get the original formula. I get the mint chocolate. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY19 and show your support of the podcast. The last Pete's pick, which I've also had today, which is partly why I'm, I think I'm in a good mood, is I had cachava. Cachava. Cachava is a plant-based superfood drink mix that is, as I said, 100% plant-based. It's got omega-3s that you need for your body and for your brain from chia seed and flaxseed, not from anonymous barrels of weird fish oil. It's got eight superfruits right in there, right in the bag, 17 greens and veggies in the bag, gluten-free, soy-free, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial preservatives. It's got just enough coconut nectar, which is a low glycemic sweetener, so it's actually delicious and just the right amount of sweet. It's actually got, it's actually, it's also got powdered coconut milk in there, which means you can make it just with water. It mixes with the powdered coconut milk, making it chocolatey or vanilla-y and creamy just with water. Shake it up, get it in you. 24 grams of plant-based protein, 9 grams of fiber. It is a nutrition overload and makes you feel a nutrition high, basically. You feel amazing because of the maca root for energy, the cacao, which has a wonderful mood-elevating quality, stress-reducing quality for me. I thought I was going to be adding this to my smoothie. Turns out, cachava is my smoothie. I travel with it. For people who are having a hard time but are curious about how to get more nutrition in their lives and how to eat more plants and plant-based, I always tell them to start with cachava. For 20% off and to show your support of this podcast, you can go to cachava, cachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird. You'll get 20% off your order. That's it, baby. Enjoy Will Forte. Hope to see you in Washington, D.C., Connecticut, Boston, New York, North Carolina, or Orlando. More dates to be announced soon. Tickets at PeteHolmes.com. In the meantime, enjoy the hilarious and delightful Will Forte. Get into it. Say it on the, say it on the mic, man. Say it. I love, I love a natch begin. What yes. did the quote mean to you? Are people, we already? Is this it? Are we already? Is this beginning? it? Is this it? You gotta have nerves of steel to be on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone ever say that to you? This I is the big it. time. This is no. Nobody ever said it. <laughs> gotta be ready to go. I'm, Isn't I was ready. Though? I was practicing no, on I'm, the way over. Were you? Yes, but I do want to get this down. That I just you you politely asked if I first of all wanted uh, Lacroix or Lacroix. Yeah, let's open them. I thought maybe we. I love the sound of these opens. Yeah. So let's let's get let's get that. Okay. Okay. Lacroix. Yeah, here's mine. 
You sounded like it wasn't carbonated. I kind of accidentally cracked. You pre-fizzed it. Open beforehand because I was I I don't have uh, great finger dexterity. I don't think that's necessarily true. Just is that what she's always saying? Yes. I we wrote a sketch. Me and my friend Oren, we wrote a sketch called Can of Gin. We thought it was so funny. And one of the things was when you crack it open, there's no fizz. So it just sounds like pulling the hammer back on a gun. Because <laughs> it's like the darkest. He wrote it because we went to a wedding together. Yeah. We had two sketch ideas at the end of the night. And I, I swear I'm not saying this because you're from the most famous sketch show in the world. I would have said this if you were a barber. Thank you. <laughs> a weird but flare. let's hear it. I want to hear them. The sketch was the first one was self sabotage vodka. Okay, because he I was dancing with a girl and it was going well, and at a certain point the drinks just started making uh, me morose. Okay, and instead of going like, now is the time, like double down, like attend to your date, be charming. I was just ordering like double vodkas, and he was like, oh, "There's like an ad for self sabotage vodka where you're just like." I don't drink anymore, but there was a time when, like, it it would be uh, that was one of the ways it was a problem. Was I would see the dark side, uh, not to start on a heavy note. It's not yeah. really that heavy. My dark side was just like I'm going to drink and I'm going to eat a pizza alone, sort yeah. of thing. It was like fuck it, I don't need anybody, and I just drink and go to sleep. <laughs> it was never very um, wild, but so he was like, we should do an ad for self sabotage vodka for when like you just want to ruin your job interview or yeah. all those different things. But can of gin was funnier to me because Oren wrote the line that it sounds like pulling the hammer back on a gun. There are so many levels of uh, where our worlds are colliding Tell in me. these first couple moments of getting here. Number one, you offer me a LaCroix and yes. yesterday we were all, uh, we're in the writer's room right now trying to start figuring out a MacGruber TV series. Ooh, I was hoping it was McGrew yeah, TV. We just got four four days in, and things are going great. We're super excited about it. But there was a huge discussion for t- probably twenty minutes on is it Lacroix La or Lacroix? It's on the website. Is it? What does it say? It rhymes with boy Lacroix. Lacroix. Okay. La well, that then the people number... that speak French would say it's Lacroix, Lacroix, which means La cross. Oh, just like Chappelle, Dave Chappelle means chapel. Are we having fun chapel. yet? Dave Chappell, Dave Chappell, you mean? Dave or Cha- Chappelle, French for chapel, which okay. is where you okay. might see a Lacroix or a Lacroix hanging in Chappelle. The second thing, hit it, ju- is that you offered me a uh, chance to go into the restroom. Yes, I went in there. Um, Ready for smelled sp- great, but somebody had obviously used some poopery. Yeah, that was Val. And, <laughs> I'm and, sorry, I shouldn't have said it. No, no, no. But it, it totally was like there was no unpleasant smell. It, it was just, yeah. but I had used some poopery. Poopery. Uh, I have the a house guest at home. And then the discussion afterwards was like that there are a lot of things that you sometimes you go, oh, what would I be a spokesperson for? And it, it seemed like the most obvious thing after different things were after discussing different things was the the car the kia forte but then of course. then it seemed like the the most obvious thing you know there's was a honda sedacus right like no i did not know that. get in the honda sedacus <laughs> drive it drive it it's my sedacus. The toyota dratch <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> the headlights are, are kind of like stare at you in a very funny way. She's got a very funny stare. She is the best. Very she we is went the, to the nicest same high person. I know. You did? I know. Well, we always want to get her on the show, and she wants to do this show, yeah. but she lives in New York. Which I, oh. I, I, she's. We used to live on the same street, and I guess I can't. I don't want to tell people. Orchard the street, street, Cherry Orchard, Lane, yeah. Orchard, Cherry Lane, yeah. Cher- oh. the, the intersection of Orchard and Cherry. Um, she's right there at number five six four four your- two four three three five six four <laughs> Orchard, apartment six nine four 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 six A B G four six. Dan Mintz has a joke where he goes, "I got a lot of hate mail for this next joke." My address is two hotels. <laughs> the joke is that he says his address. It's very funny. And that was not a good Dan Mintz. That you is mean, actually a pretty good Dan It was okay. Mintz. I like trying. I'm a fan of trying. Yeah. Like, you're a silly boy. Right? Yeah. You're oh a God. playful guy. The yeah. fact that you're even doing this podcast. I'm going to try to do a Dan Mintz. Yes. I feel like Margie and I. It's just a mixture of your, just kind of doing yours. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's so I funny. did He's Jeremiah so Watkins podcast. You know who he does? Yeah, Will oh. Forte. What? Shut up! Oh yeah, he does it like that. It's like a very exaggerated. This is your boy, Will Forte. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeremiah's impression. It's like I, I love it's listening to bad. to them because you're going to go high and then you're going to go low. Seth, Seth Myers does one of me that oh. makes it sound a little bit more like I talk like this, but maybe I just sound like that. that sounds like you have a piece yet. of grizzle in your in your in your gaw. I love hearing. I take it as a compliment. Seth Meyers is very neutral, which is why he was good at update. He he's not. I don't hear a lot of people doing Seth Meyers impressions because he's got that non-regional. President Bush was in. You know, I can't even do it. It, it just sounds like a voice. Let me see if I can do. No, I can't. Yeah, we can't. can't. Really? And now it's time for really a closer look. Really? 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 Oh, can't. We can't. I can't do it. We can't do it. We tried. But he does have a specific, there is a specific delivery and voice to it. What I think yeah. is weird is we can both hear it. That's one of the phenomenons of life that no one's talking about. Yeah. That you can hear something in your head perfectly, then you try and translate it to the shape of your throat and the movement of your tongue. Yeah. And sometimes you're right. I, uh, I've never been good with accents and impersonations, but then I finally at SNL realized I could do the one thing I could do was a Kermit the Frog, which basically everybody could do. But like I, I feel like that's I'm pretty pretty. In but the, I'm going to say if zone. you can do Kermit, you, you're, we're talking about closing the back of your throat. I'm not yeah. an expert. You're doing like a hey, right? Let's hear yours. Yeah, uh, Kermit the Frog. Here. Yours is very good. But then there's that's very good. Uh, like that's not a normal Kermit. That's what I'm going to call oh, it. Thank you. A very good Kermit because everybody's like, I do Kermit, and that's okay. You, do, I mean, yours is yours, very good too. I'm not. I'm not taking away from my compliment. I feel like your voice, the way you sound with that filter, that combo sounds like Kermit. In the way that Jim Henson wasn't trying to sound like Kermit, that's what Jim Henson sounded he like when he closed Kermit. his throat. Well, I realized that I think I and I've never tried to do it, but I think I could do a Ray Romano. That's what I was just going to say. Oh yeah! If you can do Kermit, you can do Ray, which is just I live in Queens. Oh, uh, oh! I'm going to try it as you're oh. doing it. I, yeah, you got to do a kind of. I live in uh, Queens and uh, I was in uh, Paddleton. 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 Uh, yeah, Mark. Mark. Yeah, that's that's a touchdown. Everybody yeah. loves me. Everybody, you know, you know. That's a show. Everybody. Says that to me, and it's um, fuck you, <laughs> like angry Ray. Fuck you, um, yeah. Who are your best impersonations? Well, we just talked about that one. I think I do an okay Pacin. Do you want to do it? 
Yeah. I, do, I don't know if you are this way. With impression. Oh. <laughs> I'm Al Pacino. I like no, doing I it can't. small. I bet you're going to be able to do it after I do it. <laughs> okay, I want to hear it. I'm, I'm sitting here with my friend, oh, Will Forte. Will, what it is is there's something kind of in my mouth, right? You don't know what it is, but will I swallow it? No. I'm not going to swallow it. But when you see Al in a movie, he's actually that's more amazing. up here. That's amazing. Ah, that's am- that is amazing. Oh, my God. Hi, Lauren. I want to talk to you about bringing Will Forte back onto the show. Okay, I'm... I'm oh, wait, I'm just... <laughs> I'm listening. Oh, wait, I can't. That oh was God, good. Was that was good. Yesterday in the in the uh, room with the Lacroix. In the room, and I just I, I can't. I just feel okay. Wait, no, I love I when a guest, uh, a former star, comes back to host. And when I think about MacGruber, oh my God, because he takes a pen, right? What's he gonna do with the pen? Hmm? <laughs> can you do it? Can fun. you do a Lorne Michaels? Isn't it? Well, because I, we all can do Dr. Evil, right? Yes. Scott? Um, no, I can't. I have to start by going, right, right, right. One million dollars. Well, can I tell you well, something? He always gives that esoteric, in a good Lorne impression, I feel like he's like, not, don't be too plaid, but don't not be plaid. <laughs> Mulaney told me one thing he said to him. I never forget it. He goes, when we move to a new apartment, we don't take the old furniture with us. Like, like you know when rich people give you like advice and you're just like, every once in a while, I can't think of a time Judd did it, but it, it would be something that I could see Judd. I do Judd. It's not good. Yeah. Judd does not like it. Like, um, you know, when you move from a new place to, uh, from an old place to a new place, you're going to want to get new furniture for Iris. <laughs> that's pretty good but that's in Romano so you can do it do your Kermit voice hi little lispy well, With, well I was thinking maybe you could be in the Pete Davidson movie well I was thinking you could maybe be in the Pete Davidson movie no <laughs> it was very good until right I feel like you felt like you know I mean I, I think with with anything if if there's see that's the thing is I could I could get any ballpark with a lot of things yes. but i but but even with a tremendous amount of work usually i can't just nail it like i can get in a ballpark and what? sometimes it can be a fun ballpark and sometimes it's just a lousy ballpark and i just well, like that's not why even close when i was like i think i can do pacino there are some days i'll go into the room and the piano is just not there like there's something wrong with your voice and that's what i found very um, stress-inducing about any live sketch show where you're doing an impression, especially SNL because it's televised, obviously. Yeah, I'm like, what if you're just not feeling it? What if like you can't find the touchstone? Oh yeah, for that voice. Yeah, because there are times when even even a Ray Romano is just completely wrong. Something that I consider an easier one. Yeah, I'm like, what do you do? Did that ever happen where you just didn't feel in the mood for performing oh, when my you had God. to? I, oh sure. <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> There was there <laughs> there was a the sketch time. once where where the whole premise was, excuse me, Lacroiber. Lacroiber. That's why we don't typically drink it on the show. But no, it's great. I, I love it. I love it. We it's, like it's it. It's a it's a bump in the road that we have to discuss <laughs> and we have to. We're, hey, we're humans. We You're burp. like me. We're finding it. Um, uh, but you wouldn't be in the mood for nude. Well, so so <laughs> there was right exactly. See, you know the. Uh, uh, the whole premise of the sketch was something having to do with 
people doing Christopher Walken impersonations. Oh, my God. And my role in it was to be a person who does a bad Christopher Walken impersonation, <laughs> who's kind of toward the end coming in, and it's just supposed to be super shitty. And I was so bad at it, though, that I got cut from the sketch. Like, that's oh, the deal. I was supposed to have a bad God. Walken impersonation, but it was so bad that they just couldn't even use it. I love that story. Oh. I'm so glad. Somebody once told me, I, tell me if this is true. I it It was told to me by an unreliable source, so it very well may not be true. But somebody told me they were at SNL and they opened the door and you were they, they told the story under the guise that Will Forte was such a professional that you were in the background of a sketch. They opened the door and this is before the sketch was taping and you were practicing eating spaghetti. Somebody, I'm pretty sure that story is about Well, you. for sure that would have been Bill Hader's sketch, the Vinny Vedecci sketch <laughs> where I was on. I don't think I ever spoke. I would just eat spaghetti, I would just eat spaghetti the whole time. I, I mean, if I was Somebody, doing that, it was not to rehearse eating spaghetti. It was just because I was hungry. Eating Because a lot of the times... It became lore. You He's would, such a professional. He rehearsed no, oh eating spaghetti. No, it would just be that I would know going in that I was going to be eating a ton of spaghetti, so I would skip dinner, and so I probably was just hungry, and I yeah. wanted to get a, a, a little crack on When it. I was on uh, HBO's Crashers... Is <laughs> that what it's called? I would eat... <laughs> it's called Crashing. I would eat... All the prop food. And I remember people were like, you're not going to want to keep eating that pasta, Pete. And yeah. I was like, I don't think you know who the fuck you're talking yeah. to. <laughs> I would yeah, eat thank you. every scene I was eating. Because it bothers me on TV shows where they're holding the spooled up spaghetti and they never eat it. Yeah. Sopranos is a classic of that. I give it to them because they were doing nine scenes of Italian style dining. Yes. But Gandolfini and all of them just poked at their food. That that was fine. I don't yeah. know if you ever noticed. They're always just like Christopher, and they're just like <laughs> looking oh, for man. that perfect bite. But I, when I watch TV and they're eating, I'm like, thank you. I you eat know, it. I'm really bad at faking eating uh, something. Like you, I, you I really eat if it. If it's like, oh, you know, if there's something that's like, you know, says this line while chew, if there's a little parenthetical in yeah, the script chew that it. says chew, while chewing food. Yeah, I can't just fake chewing. Food, and then I get stuff in my teeth, so the rest of the scene is yeah. It's it's uh, a crutch. It's 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 not necessarily crutch. I love a Brad Pitt eating. He's always eating. I think that's where he does most of his he's eating. Good. He's good because he's looking great. Sans shirt. Did you see uh, Once Upon a Time in yeah. Hollywood? I was actually sitting next to another comedian. Yeah, and uh, I was. It's actually kind of a fun story. I went to the ArcLight. Yeah, and there was Conan in line. It was like a, a like a two. Did you say Conan? Conan O'Brien. Okay, okay. Conesies O'Breezies was in line, and we just went up to him, and it was a nice Hollywood moment. I don't know if you've had one of those. I'm sure you have, where you're just like, we weren't planning on this, yeah. But now we're going to go see this movie together. It was just us in the theater, and I noticed that Conesies was being good. Conesies is pretty, as I've noticed, disciplined. He doesn't eat a lot. He stays yeah. healthy. Yeah. I'm getting like Reese's Pieces. I'm getting some fucking buddies on the puppies. <laughs> and in the movie, I'm just scarfing because it's America. And Conzies is sitting there thinking about how thin he is. And then there's the scene where Brad Pitt is on the roof with his shirt off looking like all of the dads we wanted, I think. It was yeah. like, there's the 70s guy that we were like, yeah. I'd like to think that's what my dad was like in the 70s, yeah. like shirtless, fixing antenna. And, but he just looks great. Yeah. And I leaned over to Conzies and I go, I regret the Reese's Pieces. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I felt shame that I was like, here I am, just packing on the LBs. But it was a great moment. 
he I thought at first that you were meaning that he regretted the the Reese's not he getting, hadn't gotten them. Oh, I get order envy all the time. Oh man. I can't handle it. Did you like did you like uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. You didn't. I loved it. You loved did it. Did you like that? That was because that that threw I me off. I went with some people that didn't like a it. A lot of my friends didn't like it. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I thought I thought I freaking Brad Pitt it. is great. It's Leonardo so DiCaprio fun. Somebody great. summer I just was very mad this morning and I said to Valerie I, I feel my feelings, but I, I'm proud that I'm able to step outside of them and just say, I just want you to know I'm feeling a lot of anger right now. I got a yeah. text from my dad that, and this goes back to last, whatever, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I just got a text from my dad this morning. They were, they're trying to come to the show I'm doing in Boston, and they're trying to get all these tickets, and they want to bring all these church friends. Yeah. And I, it's me, Bill Burr, Dennis Leary. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. a clean show. Yeah. So yeah. I just said to them, I was like, you guys are welcome. I just want you to know it's not going to be good for your church friends. It's going to be a lot of, da, da, da. that's my burr. Yeah. You're fucking right in the fucking jet. And, <laughs> and then Leary, I haven't seen Leary in a long time, but I'm assuming it's not, what's the deal with Tide? It's not going to be that. <laughs> and they're, what, Gail from church who does the announcements? What is she going to be doing? So I just lovingly said, just so you know, it's not a clean show. Then my dad wrote, this anecdote about being true to yourself. And he says, your appeal is how wholesome you are. Now, I, I know you made the right face. I was like, <laughs> that. thank you. for. I really mean it. Thank you for making that face. It made me so angry. I actually started kind of shaking a little bit. Where I, I don't know why I just needed my dad to know that I'm not a little boy anymore. And I've been like a grown-up comedian. This is almost over, by the way. No, no, no. I'm, it's, I'm, are you into I'm, it? It's it's making me think. Some I'm thoughts. gonna I'm gonna put it on to you after this. Okay, and I'm almost done because I'd love to hear because I saw you with your wonderful mother at Largo, and I'm interested in family dynamics. Okay, I've been not a clean, cutesy, golden boy comedian, which is what I think they want me to be yeah. for 20 years now. Yeah, and I really got upset. And what I said to Valerie was, um. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio with the flamethrower right now. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. <laughs> and when a movie gives you an image, that's how badly I wanted to, like, eradicate the problem. I yeah. wanted to torch something. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it, but he has a flamethrower in the movie. Yes, he does. And it's like, we need those symbols to go, fuck yeah, because we all have things in our lives yeah. that need torching. Yes. I don't mean my dad. I just mean those types of... You're wholesome. Be true. It was yeah. condescending to put it on me to be like, be true to yourself. I'm like, as if I'm being dirty to fit in with the cool yeah. kids, but really, I'm a sweet boy. By the way, first of all, hit it. You are gonna be totally fine with those church people because church people are some dirty, dirty motherfuckers. Dogs. They're dirty yeah. dogs. Yeah, I mean, most of my <laughs> you're fun. My religious, uh. I have religious family members who will send the gnarliest of the right. joke emails. Like I love playing super, Utah for this reason. The more kind of religious um, repression, willpower stuff. repression there yeah. is, the more you secretly sort of want someone to be like, you ever been taking a dump and you're like, I might as well check off. I'm here. They're like, yeah! you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. that, that's my experience. Yeah. Christian call. I went to Christian college. Like they loved a, a secret dirty thing, but they don't want to be on the record. That's my great, this is my impression of my father. He went and saw George Carlin. 
Yeah. When George Carlin was alive. He was like, he was great. He opened with, fuck Oprah, fuck Lance Armstrong, and some third fuck somebody. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> I don't care for that kind of humor. <laughs> like, he remembered he was my dad. Like, but for a second, I saw him. Yeah. I was like, you loved it. Yeah. But then he had to be like, but that sort of stuff was low class. And I was like, you loved it. So I'm not worried about it, but it did It did upset me. And uh, I, I wrote Are a few. Are you through it now? You did, did you work it through it? It just happened this morning, and, I, and I, it took a long time to get over it. Did you see? Did you uh, meditate on your Ram Dass uh, tree My dad's poster? just too. Well, I knew, I guess I knew what he was doing. And this sound, my, my therapist is always trying to encourage me to be more confrontational, actually. He's like, your feelings are valid, and if someone crosses a boundary... It's okay. You don't have to be reactive, but you can say that wasn't okay. And I did. I said, yep. I, I just want you to know this text made me very angry. <laughs> I thought that oh, was... that's good. I, I was like, I don't want to reply in anger, but your text made me very angry. But, you know, I do think he's trying... This is not me just paving over everything I just said, because there are yeah. real feelings and legitimate things. I think he was just trying to be like, I don't know how to relate to you other than being your father and encouraging you to be wholesome. I think he thought he was being sweet. But or then the, I hear or, my therapist being like, I was, fuck that. <laughs> is there any possibility that when he was saying the wholesome thing, he was meaning, despite everything that you do, uh, there's still a wholesomeness that I comes would, out in you? That's beautiful. I love what you're saying. But I don't think so. You don't think so. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know what? You just touched on something we don't know. That's yeah. what's... So, especially with text, you don't but know. But I feel like with, with the text, he would have said... Oh, you're getting the wrong idea. I, yeah. I, I meant it like this. Yeah. So if he didn't say that, then you fucked. <laughs> so what did that make you think when I said when I was talking about? Oh, it's all just about the religious stuff. Like, like it, it, it is the you know the the uh, the the uh, just re- religious people in their uh, persecution of others. Uh, yeah and and uh the judging others and- yeah the judgment of others when when it's you know and and just how a lot of times they don't practice what they preach yeah which well, is that, a bummer it's like the, first of all d- practice what you preach and then just don't preach just practice yeah practice what you would preach how about yeah. that practice what you would preach and then just shut up i believe that's it. a mother Teresa quote where she said i'm not here to teach people about jesus i'm here to be jesus and she didn't mean That's that. Great. She didn't mean it in a cocky way, like yeah. I'm Jesus. She was like, "I'm just here to do the good stuff." Yeah. And a lot of the um, deeply holy people that I've interacted don't don't get caught up at all with what Richard Rohr. Sorry, we're kind of towards the end. We always talk about religion on the show, but he talks about what willpower Christianity being a good boy resisting your urge towards anger or dirtiness or or you know those thoughts that we all have. Keep those in. And then you'll look holy, so then you'll be holy. Yeah. Whereas I feel like evolved spirituality is acknowledging that sometimes we have all sorts of feelings. Sometimes you're horny, or you're angry, or you you want to say fuck that. Like honesty and and freedom is so much holier than just. It's very political. My dad actually referenced his time in politics, and he was like. I felt an urge to like conform and be like everybody, but I stayed true to myself. So that's what I felt was condescending that he was saying yeah. that I'm pretending to be a bad boy to fit in in nasty Hollywood. Uh, yeah. okay. And I was like, 
I, I wrote a book, I've done all these specials, I've made a TV show, and it's me just screaming, I'm a human, I feel anger and lust and fear and shame, I am not the the little boy anymore yeah. that, that was a very, very sweet boy, but like, he he had, like, I don't mean to make this about myself, but I was like, my parents had their license to let their freak flags fly, they could be angry, they could be whatever they wanted, but I just had to be a sweet little baby and that's what yeah. they still want me to be and I'm I'm trying to be like I'm a man damn it. And but, by the way, I want to get in and say that I'm I'm not like anti-religion. Nobody thinks that. It's, on this it's show. more just like uh I'm I'm anti the effects of pushing people into religion. Like I'm all for anybody having a wonderful connection with whatever they want to have it sure. in their own way, but but once it starts seeping, seeping outside of their own, like like I think it's great the way that somebody who's super religious and and just uh, spiritual and and that that gives them this wonderful glow inside, like let that affect the world just by you being a yeah. good person, uh, but you don't have to then. I push it onto other people or try to make them it's this have little that light same of mine thing. i'm gonna let it shine not yeah. i'm gonna take this light ignite the pilot of a flamethrower and torch yeah. someone in my swimming pool right that's bad religion Man, Leo. you just really you just I tied it all you tied it all in i tied it all in i yeah, do are we done here it, we're done <laughs> 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 that's my friend will forte <laughs> have you ever met al pacino you must have met al pacino god that's crazy i don't know yeah, I, I have to imagine. I don't think so. I think I'd remember point, him. You must be numb, right? Well, it's so weird. It, 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 it's I just have a bad memory. Yeah, that's and true. Uh, uh, because it's not like I, I. I mean, he's somebody I'd get excited about meeting, so I'm pretty sure I'd remember. Right. But like, there are just like here's an example. I was just telling this story yesterday of my my memory. I saw Winter's Bone. And really liked it. Remember that Jennifer Lawrence movie? Like, I think it was the first time I remember seeing seeing Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe she had done a bunch of stuff before that, but I think this was like one that kind of broke her out, yeah, or at least broke her out to to me, yeah. And I saw it, loved it. The next day, somebody had also seen it and said, "Oh, what do you think of the ending or something?" and I couldn't remember what the ending was <laughs> uh, of a movie that I loved. That's hilarious. Yeah. I uh, ever since I've had a baby, I had a hard time with us, like just a home invasion by ghouls yeah. taking your children. So halfway through-ish, even though I thought it's phenomenal, uh Jordan is a pal and I I think he's incredible. So that being yes. said, I just couldn't handle it. I think he would be complimented. Like, yeah. I was on a plane, so I didn't even have the fun of like other people being scared and like thrilled with me. It was just me on a plane terrifying myself. So I turned it off. But then, just like any rational person, I was curious. Like, what happens? What happens <laughs> in this movie? And my uh, our, our nanny loved the movie Us. She was, I think she was the one that was like, you got to see it. And then I was like, so what happens? And she was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, a better example might be I was watching The Exorcist with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And there's that scene where she does the backwards crab walk, does a handstand and vomits. Yes. And my girlfriend goes, I forgot about that part. I was like, how? I want to forget that part. How did you delete 
that image that will haunt me for the remainder of my days. But maybe that's it. Maybe you she just answered it. your own question. It's just like trauma. It, her her brain did this uh, safety mechanism yeah. where it just stored it in a different place. Like an it only air- comes out in your dreams. Like an airplane bathroom. <laughs> it just sucked yeah. it out and it's gone. Yeah. I While we're doing pop-ups, you're not anti-religion. I also don't feel nastiness towards my dad about all that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I think as I've grown older, you can go, this was bad. I wanted to speak my truth. But we did have a nice couple texts afterwards where I was just like, yeah. it's okay. I just wanted to tell you how you made me feel. And, and it ended well. And that's always, I got to say, like, that's, that's a really good thing to have some, that's when you know how tight you are with somebody, when you can have real conversations like that, real blowouts and come and back, just come back and be stronger for it. Yeah. I hope yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah. We keep doing it. <laughs> we keep having oh, these flare ups okay. and I'm like, cause, cause there have been moments where I've tried to explain these things and I think some of the deeper wisdom of, of therapy is like, stop waiting for things to change. It's like, you just have to change. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. That's like the Ram Dass quote. So the Ram Dass quote in the bathroom is loving people like trees. Yeah. That's what you were it's talking really about. Cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It's this long thing about how you, you, if you go and you check out trees, everything makes sense. You don't question it. And you're just like, oh, that tree grew this way because it didn't get enough shade or the, yeah. it didn't get enough light or it didn't yep. get enough water. And that, you know, there are a bunch of trees that might not have grown as wonderfully beautiful as other trees that did get the light in the shadow. That's right. And it's like, well, why, do we, why don't we do that with people? Right. That's and, exactly yeah. right. And hopefully I can go. That's what. That's the voice that goes. He's Somebody said it because I'm the type of person, like because I was texting with my dad, I worry that he was then in a bad mood and he didn't tell my mom why he was in a bad mood. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm telling you. I was shooting this thing this morning with some friends. I told them. And you were talking about a writer's room. I'm a big believer in the before you get started, everybody just vents whatever the fuck is on their brain. That's oh, yeah. going to stop them from being able to write a MacGruber TV show. Yeah. Cause it sucks. I don't, I never want to be the kind of person that is just like in a bad mood. And you're like, what the fuck was wrong? I just want to go like, when I got to the set, I was like, just so everybody knows. Cause this is before the texts yeah. that, that resolved it. I was like, I'm in the middle of a thing with my dad. If I seem testy, cause it's going to come out. I'm going to eat a bagel in a way that looks like I think I'm going to die. And yeah. you're like, what's wrong? <laughs> LAP had a thing. And when, when I was on, when I know you wrote on that 70s show and you're yep. writing on McGruber now, you have, and Letterman, there, there was a part of me that was like, we got to get this shit out in your writer's room. First of all, I'm curious. I have a bunch of questions. By the way, just writing. so you know, my stomach is, gr- you can, can you hear them? Because I think I can hear them through the microphone. So if you're hearing your these. Your tummy tum? Oh, yeah. Are you hungies? Did you I hear that? Heard it. Yeah, it's been it's been like a thunderstorm throughout. OMG! Did you hear that? I've, no, I'm, I'm not particularly hungry. My stomach just is. Dying. Maybe it's the way that it's full of air and with the way I'm sitting or something like that. I um, once was doing a voiceover for a cartoon, and we had to wait. No, it was the audiobook of my book, and I kept ruining takes because it would be like, and that's when I, and that's, that's it's not amazing. a fart. It's a yeah. fart that you swallowed, which is worse. Oh yeah, it's not worse, but it's you can't control it. Oh my god, my uh, my grandpa uh, when he was about ninety two or ninety three, he was diagnosed. <laughs> At that point, who cares? 
This is a good laugh at the beginning of my grandpa's cancer story. Um, uh, no, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. And at that point, they said, look, you're most likely we could go try to get in there and remove the cancer. But at your age, the the procedure to do that, there's a, a big chance that you would die from that procedure. Yeah. We're so going to do if we did it, we'd do it with a butter knife because you're so frail. Yeah, exactly. Is that a good riff on your grandfather's Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. So, but they said, they said, so you can either go for it and try, we can try to take it out, or you can just write it out. And he, he said, all right, I'm just going to write it out. And, and he uh, got a, uh, you know, a, a colostomy bag yep. um, and had, you know, what the little stoma there uh, for the tube that feeds into the bag. Um, like the faucet, basically. I think it's called a stoma. Anyway, so yeah, so he just lived the rest of his life with this colostomy bag, and and actually, uh, so, you know, we'd go visit him as much as we could, and and he seemed to actually be in pretty good spirits all the time, and knowing that his time was getting shorter and shorter, and they were kind of these magical moments, and it wasn't, you know, there you hear about a lot of people's cancer stories where it's just like this devastating just people are just in pain all the time and it and and maybe he was that way and just too proud to say it but he seemed to actually be able to move around and Mm. actually enjoy life and and it didn't really affect his life until the very very end in that's in a major way best yeah but the one thing i'll say is when we were visiting those when when you have a a fart like our buttholes <laughs> stop farts, but his little bag it just you fart whenever. So you're at the table and, and it's just like farting. because of the contraption, the farts just come out like like farts that you would want to record for a you know a fart app, and it would just be you just realize how often farts come and how everybody's farting all the time. Cause he just like, That's like this, I can't control when farts. it's going to happen. It's just like, but they had an escape when it comes and it was just like you're eating and all of a sudden. <laughs> and it's just like you go on eating or there are comments. We're the Fortes are big fans of farts and this, Grandpa, uh, who's wonderful, he even had a little fart machine that he would hide around people. Like if somebody was being introduced to the family, he'd kind of, uh, for the first time, he'd he'd put a little fart machine, remote-controlled fart machine, by where he knew they would be sitting and then kind of shoot it off every once in a while and look over in the direction of this new person and try to blame a fart on them, and then eventually you know, is... describes that there was a fart machine. So, so to, for for him to be, you know, it was it was it wasn't a, you know, some people would be embarrassed of a colostomy bag, and and but but, but the, the forte, this was like, the right family. The ultimate, to, it was yeah, it was almost like you know he was a hero. Yes. I guess yeah. I tweeted. You know, I was very f- proud of this tweet. Only me and my brother, my brother saw it, and I was like, I could pick one of my dad's farts out of a lineup by sound or smell. Like either way, <laughs> if you gave me forty-five farts, I think I would go. That's my dad. I yeah. I found him. That's how I knew him. And I just That's had somebody really on the funny. podcast. We were talking. Do you fart in front of your lady? Do you mind? This is one of those podcast. Questions. I they don't have, have this on late night. I I was really good for a while, and now it's just like. 
<laughs> and once you Annie, cross over, Annie, and she's she still has yet to to fart in front of me. Yeah, it's been a little more than a year. <laughs> so I you know did, she does it. You didn't I even make a year it. of holding. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I made. I I guess I got one out at some point, and I just. Well, the best case scenario is the, it's an accidental fart, and then you're like, well, cat's out of the bag. Cat's out of the colostomy. Where I think I had said, like, excuse me, I have to go out of the room Something's for a little, and then just kind of stood out, still visible to her, but <laughs> while I was being a gentleman and farting outside of the room we were in. Maybe I was probably outside the house. <laughs> She kind of laughed, and I thought that was like, oh, maybe I'll push it a little more and see, see how close I can get this. Now it's just, uh, she's she is a saint for the farts that she has to put up with. That's why saints in, in icons always look like they're smelling farts. Because but I will, like, you know when a, usually you have a a good idea of when a fart is going to smell and when it's not. I think and so. so I what I haven't crossed over is the ones that are, like, if you're, not feeling great or something, and you know you're going to have a pretty <laughs> a fart that tells a story. Fart. Yeah, exactly. The fart. I want to. I want at least a little bit of mystery still in our fart life. So you know when it's on deck, it's telling you about it. It's telling you its oh, yeah. stats. Yeah, but every once in a while, there's a like you're a, wrong. Like a oh, will I was in a, yeah. a hotel this past weekend, and I farted in the elevator as I'm going to do. And it was so bad that I and I was on the top floor. I lived in fear the whole time. Oh yeah! If someone came in, I was oh, gonna have to go. The- Jesus Christ, dude! Somebody fucking crop dusted us. It was me, and they would know. And and this is not just some random building that you'll never see these people again. This is like your the place you live. Yeah, that's right. We'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Same fort channel. Oh, that's amazing. What's a good, what's a Forte family fart story? <laughs> a Forte, fa- uh, Forte family fart story. Uh, uh, I know my mom at some point. I was hoping. It my would be dad a, called my, my mom <laughs> Boomer and Tudor because at some point when she, she had a an earlier boyfriend who had kind of unexpectedly picked her up and threw her over his shoulder playfully and she oh. farted. <laughs> And, and so he always called her Boomer and Tudor. But mom's not like a, you know, mom, she's, she's a, a, a you know, I don't, people here, they've, this is the only story they've heard really yes. about my mom. And so they go, oh, she farts all the time. She's not, she's like, not that way. She's a wonderful, classy lady. I remember going to Who friend. farted once in her life, as far as, <laughs> as far as we know. No, I heard a couple the last time. As you get older, you just crack out. They don't care anymore. I used to go on mom walks, walks with my mom, yeah. and she just—that's when she let them rip. Really, let, it was like walking a dog, but they were invisible. And Ooh, the dog thing is. By the way, as far if I boobies. can go back to my own personal fart yeah. relationship yeah. with my girlfriend, she has this dog. Yes, um, and that's that's just been a real godsend to. Blame it on the dog area, because yeah, me and Tom like, Middleton used to sing, you, "Blame it on the dog, <laughs> yeah, yeah." And Thomas would go, "It'd do the fart sounds while I sang it." It was a solid bit. So you are blaming it on this, if it's a particularly yeah, like rancid. uncaring, 
like kind answered, of a feral yeah, like, dog. Why would you do this in front yeah. of me? It's like, oh, Ross. <laughs> That's a great name. It's, well, well, she um, found this dog. Rachel, uh... <laughs> she found it outside of Ross Dress for Less. It oh. was in a little box that said, take me home. And, uh, uh, and she, it was this cute little... little Ross face, Dogs so. for Less? That's a free dog. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of dog? Uh, it's a it's a mutt, but like a lab mixed with Dalmatian. Oh, it's so cute! Really, it's the best. Oh. I already it's five years old, and I'm already just devastated at the thought of the dog dying one day because I know I'm going to have to go through that. I mean, unless I, I die myself. Some, best case scenario, yeah, you're going to die first. <laughs> Maybe I do have that with Val. Not to be too dark, I'm always just like, God, I hope I go first. And I'm 10 years older than she is, so I'm like, statistically, I'll probably die, yeah, die first, yeah. which is, I, it's selfish, but I'm like, uh, no, no thanks. No thank you. I, this is too dark for, for me. I know you guys have a kid. Are you married? No. Yes. No. <laughs> I want yes. it to be cool. No. And how long have no, you we been are. married? We've only been married. We're closing it on two, but we've been together five two years. Two days. Congratulations. Two hours. This is our year of this year. She says two when I say two days because it's probably years, right? <laughs> you're fun. Nailed it. I because when you have a baby, always, the year when you're goes. In comedy, we're doing your bits, just looking for opportunities, and I uh, bit okay, per- keep going. <laughs> but it's been five years and then two years married. So then you're okay. like, it's not like you know those people that are together for ten years and then they're married a year and they always have to clarify. Yeah. But especially when you have a baby, that year, you feel that year. It's a slow motion year. Yeah. People are always like, it's, it goes by so fast. And I guess it does. And I understand that. But concurrently, it goes very, very slowly. Yeah. Like every day I have, I'm conscious for like sometimes what feels like 20 hours of that day. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Like I was up at, um, I went, we went to bed at 930 because we're exhausted parents. Yeah. And we tried. I couldn't fall asleep though because I'm a jazz I'm a like you're like DJ Jazzy Jeff. I'm a jazzed guy. Okay. So I'm in bed and I just can't fall asleep. So then at 11, she wakes up. Val is very good about getting baby. I'm like, I'm going to do it. She's exhausted. I go and get her. That doesn't mean she always does it, but she, I want her to get some credit in this story for often taking the bullet. Yeah. Because baby's kind of regression, sleep regression. And I went and I got her. So it was 11 and then it was again at four. And then it was again at, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was like 11, and then it was again at 1, and then it was like again at 4, and then at 4 we were just up. And that's me today. And like, Wow. So when your days are like that sometimes, your year is longer. It should be. Yeah. You're around. Yeah. Like when you're sleep, like those times in my 20s when I was like just doing comedy and then like sleeping for 12 hours. Yeah. Those years went fast. Yeah. I was literally like... Uh, like cryo frozen for part of those years. Yeah. And these, I'm like, I am here. I'm around. I'm on the map, baby. Making up for lost time. You That's know? right. So it doesn't go so fast, but like the fact that we've only been married for two years seems kind of crazy because yeah. one of them was a baby year. And then the other part of the year was the pregnant year. And that goes slow too. Like there's a lot of like, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to remember. A lot of preparations to be made. And you live it. That's actually kind of what I. You don't have any chillins. No. What I like about what I lo- I love everything about it. That's not just lip service. I really love everything about it. But it's the opposite of watching TV. It's happening to you. There's this yeah. quote that I love. I forget who said it. 
but it's it's a funny quote. It's like a guy fell into a ravine, and as he started to tumble, he thought, finally, something's happening to me. That's sort of how I feel about having a baby. We watch so many dramas, we watch so many movies, and it's other shit happening to other people. And when you're having a baby, you're like, where are the stars? Like, this is us. It's happening. <laughs> I feel like not to... I, I couldn't pressure you. I don't want to flatter myself that I'm so persuasive, but I feel like you have dad energy. Do you feel like you'd want to be a papa? Oh, yeah. I would, I mean... I would love to see Will Forte the papa. I would love to, but it's, you know, it's. I, I thought I'd be a dad when I was like 25 years old. Now I'm almost 50. So it's, you know, there's a little bit of guilt, like, oh, is it responsible to bring a kid into this earth when I'm this old? Um, and then people... I but saw. it's like... Yeah, I don't know. God, I don't know. It's it's well. Let's just but take I it do as think the I got love to give. Yeah. Well, you feel that way, and it comes through in all your work. I think you're Thanks. a very likable performer. Oh, thank you. Which is strange. This is gonna. Be, this is weird. I, I, I was surprised to find out that you were a popular in like high school and a football man. A, a what? A football a, man. Oh yeah, football man. And what was the first thing you said? Popular. Popular. Oh, pop. Uh, that's nice of you. Once you're popular, you can't stop you. That uh, you had a lot of friends. What I'm saying is I did, I, I did I'm opening friends. the door saying, Will, tell me about the fact that you're very funny. And when I met your mom, remember, you and your mom did that great bit at Largo. We were on the show together. Yes. And I was like, where are you getting... It's a very leading question, but I was like, where are you getting sort of the weirdness? my anger come from? Uh, the... Weir- <laughs> the uh, yeah, you know what you know what I think it is is uh, 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 I had a, a wonderful supportive family. They were awesome, and not just supportive emotionally, but supportive financially to to a degree. I mean, they paid for my college. Well, which was, you're in good company. I'm I'm the cliche of like, I went to Hollywood with nothing in my pocket. And this is a Janine Garofalo joke, except a credit card that went to my parents. Like that. I didn't use it for everything, but I knew if we if t- money was tight and we needed groceries, you, you would be okay. It was yeah. the emergency credit card. Yeah. I, and and uh, I don't have it anymore. I want yeah, everyone so to know. It was... It was a variation on on that, uh, like m- my dad put me through school. It was UCLA, so it wasn't like super expensive back back then. It was like four hundred bucks a quarter. Wow. So so I you know I I didn't amass a bunch of student debt and uh, got out of college. Shout and, out to and, my dad because I shit on my dad. He also did that, paid for my college and stuff. It was oh. what what a gift. Yeah. To oh, it's not it's, go into the world I mean, seventy can, grand in debt. Yes, thank exactly. you, Dad. Yeah, thank, thank you, Dad. You, Dad. I'm sorry about the text. Yep. <laughs> so that that like stuff was very freeing in itself, and then and then I I, I supported myself out of college, but there was always like there was a a a, a little uh reserve like my my great grandparents had left us a little bit of money which i had with my my dad was an investment guy and so i had it with him so if i ever like needed 500 bucks because i just was like a little you know i was i basically i didn't really suck into this money very much but but every once in a while it was a stopgap and a stop like a, a thing that mo- a lot of people don't have so yeah so it 
the pressure was you try to keep the pressure on yourself because you don't want to uh, depend on your parents for anything. But like, you know, I used it to buy a car. I bought a Saturn. I needed yeah. a, a car to get around because my car. I bought a Sedeka. Went to the. You bought a Sedeka. Put it in drive. Put it in drive. So, so I guess I say that because <laughs> it's it it was, um, like it allowed me to just kind of feel this freedom yes. and i and, and this is gratitude hour. i, I don't think you don't absurd, sound like a i always like loved weirdo. all the absurd stuff and it was i don't know it was to me it was like oh i can take some chances and be kind of weird with stuff and see how weird it can be because i kind of like weird stuff anyway and and there's i didn't like there's a chance with people that when you do some stuff that's a little weirder, people will hate you. Well, I could take that chance because yes. I knew that I, I, I could I, always live in your Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something I, like that. I I don't know what you know. That's that's an answer in my head, but there are probably a million little things. That, I I love that because I can relate. It was like you had a feeling of security, and instead of just riding that into more security, you were like, I'm going to use this. To be a weirdo, yeah, yeah, and be silly, be silly. I, they they provided me a world that I didn't have a lot of problems with. Like like I had a great fan. Like like people, a lot of people go into comedy and they're you know they can be angry about stuff. And this like their 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 stand up routines are all about the stuff they're angry about yeah. and and making making fun of it and, and so in a way they can control it and own it. Well, I didn't I didn't have problems with a lot of stuff. So I could so I so I didn't I just want to say McGroover seems mad. like a comedy that you get from a guy who didn't have that it's not an angst. There's no cynicism or nastiness to McGroover. You're making like when you're fucking a ghost over a gravestone and it cuts to. I told you at Largo, it's the funny one of the funniest movies. Oh, thank you of all time. It just is. It's just the funniest fucking thank movie you very of much. all time. And when you're humiliating yourself, I go. This is a guy who isn't going. I'm going to make my parents these dumbass characters, and I'm going to script it how I wish it could have been. You're humping in an apparition. <laughs> And sweating on Kristen Wiig, which you told me. Yes, I did. It got very sweaty. <laughs> oh, it was up in this. It was like this attic of a house. And already it was Albuquerque in August. Yeah, August. So super hot. And then you get these huge lights up there that you use to light all the scenes. So it was just blistering. And yeah. Geez. Yeah. I get... I, I like we're sitting here right now. I I don't get sweaty, but if I had to move around a little bit, I'd be oh my god pouring sweat. No, I, I just completely like a, understand. Yeah. Was that the sex in McGruber is so funny? Was that the director or was that pure forte? That was. Were you like uh, I'm going to do it like like super big? I mean, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Are those two sex scenes? That was from, and those are big choices. Thank you very much. I've shot sex scenes, and I remember Judd was like, "You should like it. Should be like really sincere and weird." And like we didn't use it because it didn't play funny. It was too weird. You found the right weird, intense sex note. I have to give a uh, campus ladies was this show on? I believe it was on Oxygen years ago. These two. <laughs> 
awesome, incredibly talented women from the Groundlings that I that I went through the Groundling system with, uh, Kristen Susson and Carrie Newstadt, uh, who were uh, Kristen Nelson and Carrie Aisley. Back wow. in the day at the Groundlings, but you're now remembering they're, they're four names. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's good. But they had uh, written me into this show called Campus Ladies, which Jonah Hill was a part of oh, wow. re- very early on, and uh, a bunch of wonderful people. But they there was a scene in which I have a love scene with Carrie Aisley, and they said, just do an over-the-top orgasm. So that was what <laughs> came from it. And then I always was like, oh, my God. I So when, when we wrote this, I said, hey, do you care if if I do the same type of orgasm in this thing that we're doing oh, as I did at Campus Ladies? Because they, I mean, it wasn't, I, I don't, I, from what I remember, I think they just said, just go super over-the-top and see what it is. So that wow. was what came out of it. So it, so Literally. for sure, going into MacGruber, that thing already existed. Well, what a sweet man that you were like, do you mind? Oh, they're they're the best. They're so funny. All I've been thinking this whole time is a Seinfeld bit where he's like, where do you get off calling your network oxygen? We're what you need to breathe. Like, it's fucking TV. <laughs> anyway, that was, was it worth it? Don't yeah. edit it out. Isolate that audio and then loop it three times. I want everyone to hear that riff. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. Um, but MacGruber as a whole doesn't have that nastiness. So it, it kind of tracks with what you're telling me. So the family was a funny family? It was, uh, uh, I mean, everybody's kind of funny, but not like, like my dad has this very fun, dry humor. Everyone loves my dad. Everyone loves my mom, too. You've met my I mom. Met your mom. She's you know what I loved sweetheart. about your mom was watching her high from the stage. Oh, because we all, as performers, I thought about it afterwards, we're all sort of used to playing cool. Like, if you have a good set, I can't imagine what it's like on SNL if you kill a, a sketch or something. You're high. Your you're adrenaline's jacked. And as Mulaney calls it, it's free cocaine. So you're walking around on free cocaine. And after 20 years or so, I'm pretty good at... They, this person I'm talking to has no idea that my feet aren't touching the ground and I'm just like incense and peppermints, like (laughs) flying through the cosmos. And I'm like, Oh, so you're from New Hampshire. You know what I mean? And your mom though, in the sweet mom way was just before the show, a little bit nervous. And after the show was so loose, I think I gave her a hug, like in that gregarious, like the relief that comes, I was just like this. If you had an actor, the Meryl Streep, if you were like, you have to be as subtly high as your mom was, like kind of masking it, but it comes out in these little smiles or laughs or she's so loose. I was like, no one could do it. I don't think Meryl Streep could do it as well. She, for for uh, the people listening, there was, a, uh, what was it? It was through Beef Relief. Um, and it was for uh, <laughs> film to... Uh, your granddad had a lot of beef relief at the dinner table. Film to Future, right? Fil- yeah. yeah. Film to Future, which is this great uh, organization that helps kids trying to get into the arts. And uh, and Kristen Shaw put it together. Yeah. And so I didn't, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to make it. She had asked me a couple months in advance because I was working on something. And then the night before, I found out that I was going to be able to to make it. So I scrambled to put together something. I asked my mom if she would be a part of it. She yeah. said, okay. And so basically what I did was I wrote this whole bit, 
where I was training my mom to take over in case I died at some point. And so somebody could go do comedy at these charity events. And basically, she went up to the stage not knowing a fucking thing. Can I give you a little, say. a little addendum to the story? Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know what I was basing it on. I didn't know either. But I was terrified. It was because your mom kept saying, I don't know if this is going to work because she didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I said to Val, while you were going out, not in a mean way, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Just like in a sweet way, I wanted it to go well. I was rooting. And I was like, I'm not sure. And it crushed. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it crushed. You were so like fake uh, there's so clearly this warmth and affection between you guys oh yeah we're we are super tight and then you're going like i can't even do it but you were basically directing her very harshly oh yeah because she take the mic out of the stand oh yeah that was one of the funnest things was yelling at her because it's very therapeutic and i don't mean any of it but it's still fun because it's like you can blame it on whatever so i it's it's really it was this kind of thing where like we I pretended that she had written these. Uh, you saw this, but, yes. but for people listening, I pretended that you know, like write an opening thing where you try to you know uh, to just say something nice to the audience to get them on board. Mom takes out this thing that I've written. I say, so take out that thing that you wrote, the first one. And she's like, "What's up, all you pieces of shit? Yes. You know, what? what yes. Why do you smell like shit, you fuckheads, or something like that?" And your mom. And is perfect in the <laughs> I don't want to swear, but she did it like that perfect balance. She, yeah, so the I, right level of mom. I don't want to say this, but yeah. she did say it. It's yeah. killing. Then, of course, right afterwards, I get to yell, Mom, what the fuck? What are you thinking? That's so why you can't call your audiences pieces of shit. But, the, but so one of my favorite things was in the very beginning, after I do kind of a setup of how I'm going to bring her out, she comes out and i'm yelling at her for lack of energy and like how yes. she should be waving to the crowd yes but right before she like came on for her to come out right before that. she came on she said should i bring my purse out or right right before i went out to start it she said should i bring my purse out and i'm like i almost said no don't bring your purse out mom but i said yes for sure bring your purse out so when she walked out with the purse i'm like and what do you do with your fucking purse yes. Get your purse. So, yes <laughs> it, oh she's such a delight though. it made she, me so happy i'd like to i i don't know i i don't know i think maybe my mom in the right mood could do that but no. not in the way there was like a familiarity that i was just very oh my mom just jumped right of. in it was like i i just said trust me uh I don't know if this will work, but just it'll be fun. It's only, you know, 250 people. That, that Largo Theater is just the best. Perfect size. It's just such a fun. It's a perfect size. Safe, safe space. I tell Flanny all the time, I'm like, I had this dream. I remember it vividly where I was in a magical place. It was like a summer camp and there was snow and icicles everywhere. And there were these different rooms and you could go in and every room was just like a perfect room and you could go in. And in the dream, I was doing new material. It was like actual new material. Yeah. It was crushing. And I was like, that's what Largo is. That's that's why I'm. it's like one of the greatest things of my career is that I get to perform there. It's my favorite thing. Oh, it's great. It's so magical. And he's so wonderful. I love Flanagan. Yeah. Our Flanny impression is always like, I was talking to uh, Zach, and it's always like Zach Galifianakis yeah. or something, or or like you'll go like, uh, Zach kicked his shoe off in one of the audience, and Flanny will just be like, I bought him those shoes. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> How are you? 
you'll tell a Prince story. And he's like, funny story. I was at Swingers Cafe and Prince walked in. And he says, hey, Flanny. And then he just knows everybody and everybody loves him. And he's very casual about it. You can't one-up Flanny. He's like, I was talking to Paul. And you're like, who? Paul Thomas Anderson. And Paul, he showed me the rough cut of their Ruby Blood. And it was four hours long. One of the best things I've ever seen. And he's like, Jesus Christ. He, I thought you were going to tell the story how th- it was a multiple Paul reference. So it was like, I was talking to Paul. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, and he said that Paul... Paul McCartney. Uh, it's just like all these Pauls. <laughs> all the Pauls. So you were a silly bean growing up. Were you silly with your mom as a kid? What was that relationship yes, like? I was loud and maybe... Uh, uh, a bit much. Loud and I would always push things. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, put, like, don't do that. Don't walk over here. And then I'd take a step. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> don't take rascal. another step. And I'd take one more and wait. I have but to they would always they say like loved it. They when they'd put me in my room, they'd always say that I didn't give a shit because I just loved hanging out with myself and doing dumb little things. So Well that was on your hard to punish me. Me too. I loved being in my room. And you and I did something similar I read somewhere that you would do radio shows, like you'd record oh, yeah. radio shows. How how are you doing that? Like what? What were you doing? Do you remember what they were? Um, I feel I I still have the tapes of some of them. Really? Yeah. It's my voice sounds way up here like this. It's and it's me, Kid Wheel Forte, and I go real low, and I'm gonna be MacGruber. No, there's one of my childhood friends who I haven't seen in years. I mean, maybe since high school. This guy, Matt Broback. I know Matt, and we would, you know, Matt. Yeah. You're the only person on the show that got that joke. So if anybody's out there uh, and knows Matt Broback, tell him to tell him to uh, to Broback Thursday. Love to love to uh, reconnect to reconnect. Yeah, yeah. it's been years. I've, wow. I, I've tried looking uh, looking for him, but haven't found him on social media. Maybe he's on there. It's been a couple of years since I've looked, but I yeah. tried yeah, it yeah. a while ago. But you would do the shows with Broback. Yeah, we would record these things together, and yeah. just like it would all, it would always be weird uh, little radio plays, or or like a fake uh, game show, or something oh my like God. that. Yes, me too. A lot of them were fart related. I mean, for sure, a lot of fart related. Stuff. We, I used to. I'm not putting that on Matt. That was always that was you. It was a forte class forefront of my. That was at the very tip of my brain. Always when I got a handheld tape recorder. We would just, me and my friend Ern, who did this podcast, we would call each other, and if we had a fart, would put the the phone to our butts and fart, and then just come back. But then it got funnier. If that's funny, it gets funnier that we would fake them. But it was so clear that we were faking them because it'd be like, yeah, what's oh, hold on, I, I have a fart, I have a fart. <laughs> 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 that was real. That was real. It would be like that wasn't real. I heard you laughing. Like it was one of the, my favorite things in the world. And we'd do the high God. speed dubbing to make ourselves sound like the chipmunks. So we'd do a radio show really slow, yeah. and then would speed it up, and then oh would record God. the speed up, and it, it made everything ten times funnier. That's amazing. It was super fun. Yeah. So what was the f- what from playing alone in your room and doing things for the fam? What was the first foray forte? Forte foray into like performance. the first real performance, like yeah, a play uh, or a high school. I mean, or... I took a an improv class in 
seventh grade, mm. and that was really fun. And but but it wasn't like sure. oh I'm taking this because I want to uh, go into comedy and you know it was just oh that sounds like fun and did did that and I think we did a show at the end of the semester. Was it short form like freeze and stuff? Or? Yeah, it was just all like tiny little games. It was it definitely was not long form. Yeah, it was like a lot of like you know the machine game where you go and each person's going beep beep and okay go out and be another part of this machine you know that stuff a lot of stuff like that or like sitting in a car and you know a porcupine just got in the back seat you know (laughs) something like that and then you act from what i remember and then i didn't do anything until uh uh that would have been eighth grade by the way and then sophomore year i took a drama class uh but but never did any plays uh this is sophomore year in high school. Didn't and get in or didn't try? Didn't try. Uh, there was a scene night that 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 you could do um, for the drama class, but that was different than a play. So I did a, I think it was it was either Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn. I did a scene from that, and just there, it was just all monologues. <laughs> oh, jeez, just all the N word scenes. Yes, yes. Yikes! It's <laughs> literature. Will. Then senior year, I emceed a talent show with two friends. So that was really, I would say, the first chance to actually write and perform. Because uh, the other things were all just like, you know, classic stuff. But this was, we wrote stuff that was very Letterman inspired. Mm. Like we came out and threw slices of cheese to the audience. Like <laughs> stuff like that. It was almost direct ripoffs of Letterman or just real in the spirit of letterman because i was I, letterman was always he's your one guy all time guys letterman yeah. snl i mean just i've the you know the list is another like positive dad mentioned long. coming in hot from pete was he took us to see letterman oh wow he didn't get in but we got in what yeah that's a great dad gd yeah Wait, at what point was he at cbs by then this was oh that's a good question God, it was at the ed sullivan there. theater what oh, year oh my god it would have been 95 oh i got Four? i started 97 it was okay. a quick little nine month yeah what was that like I, I mean like there's such lure he's such a don't look at the man behind the curtain sort of thing. well it's it, it was a couple different floors and we're up on the four if, if i remember correctly the 14th and he's the floor below so we, you wouldn't see a lot of him unless you were one of the like heads of one of the departments like mailbag head had to go down and talk to him. And so the times I would see him, he was perfectly nice. You yeah. just wouldn't see him very often unless you were in. And, and I was like a very low level person. I, I did not last too long there. Cause I just, I, I thought I was going to be really good. It's just like, Oh, this is, this guy created my sensibility. Right. Essentially like, like, um, want to hear my, and then I came in, I was just like, it just wasn't. Yeah, I do. But wait, yeah, let no, me fit, let me cap this off so stop. I don't have to go back to it. Uh, uh, um, and and then it's I just good. I just was not good at it. I just I and it was it was tough psychologically because it was like oh I'll never work again. I just yeah you that's know, hard. Get got fired from this. How then, stoked course, were you when like, you got the job? Oh, you got it from a random. So excited, submish? but so terrified. Like the period in between when I got the job. And I started the job. I wanted to be fifty years, so I could just Enjoy. live in that. Oh my god, I got the job, yeah. but not have to actually do it because mm. it was terrifying. In the room, 
pitching jokes out loud, or are you at a desk alone, sort of grinding with a headline? At a at a desk alone, really, yeah. not the forte forte. I mean, I feel like yeah. you thrive with peeps. Yeah, are we, oh, for sure, for sure, and and also getting to sell your own material is a big thing because yeah, you got to you know, hear it. Yeah, I don't think I could write something down and just be like read it and weep like get this to the big cheese yeah that we'll throw at the audience but it was i you know i, I don't know it was it was tough because you wouldn't get a lot of feedback <sighs> bless you thank you you wouldn't you wouldn't get a ton of feedback and this is not like i'm not shitting on the place there Clickbait. i mean yeah well, yeah it would have been helpful to get process. a little more feedback yeah from your higher ups so you can know because a lot of times you'd turn stuff into this you know there's this little um, you you might hand it to the your boss at some point, but a lot of times you just hand, put it in a a little rack on the door, because um, he's. I mean, that's a tough job. Being the head writer is just tough. You're flying around all over the place, so much stress to put on a show, a yeah. new show every single day, um, and especially you know Letterman is notoriously a, 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 you know a, a, a very very a perfectionist i guess yeah um but not he doesn't have the fallon reputation or just like that's good man I'm like thanks so much yeah cool we'll give it a try you know like he was the man on the hill yeah yeah uh, and and i you know i i don't know that stuff from from my own eyes you know you just you would just are up there and you're yeah you're you're but that makes it maybe even worse because you're just imagining how yeah. scary he was maybe he wasn't just eating well the times i'd see him i'd be scared just because he's in the same way that i have a hard time talking to steve martin who's like uh who i haven't been in a ton of situations where i talk to him he's a very nice guy but i just can't talk to him because he's my ultimate hero him letterman you know these guys are i just become incredibly tongue-tied um Martin Short, who could not be a nicer person, like I, I even have a hard time talking to him. I just, I yeah. just, I just, I just am like, oh, I don't want you to. I don't know. I, I, you, I just melt down whenever I'm in front of somebody that uh, that's one of my comedy heroes. So that was when any time I'd walk by Letterman when I was there, I just would instantly go into my shell. What about Lorne? Lorne. Lauren, wait, let me finish off one little thought yeah, with Letterman. Please. So I when we, we would done. turn it into the door, you'd never get feedback like, oh, this is really close, but but we didn't do it because of this. Or like, oh, this is way far off. We would right, never do something like right. this. So I just, you wouldn't know how close you were. So all of a sudden you just would assume, oh, this is, I would, in my head, I was like, oh, this is way off. And soon I had closed all these doors yeah. of like, oh, don't do something like this. Don't do something like that. Don't do something like that. And then I just was paralyzed by the end and would take hours and hours to to figure out anything. And soon it was just, you know. You were flying were, in the dark. right to kick me out of my, my keister. Yeah, but you, um, you, I mean, yeah, there's it was another, there are I other also feel like if I had been, if I had come in you. and this wasn't my second job, I might have been more prepared mm. mentally. Um Lauren, uh, well, I'm wondering if that same because Lauren has that man on the hill thing that either people thrive with, sort of like a dad issue, like let's please the quiet Canadian, or it could lock them up. 
but clearly you thrived on the show. I, I, was that part of the dynamic? Did you enjoy that dynamic? Well, it definitely, uh, you know, having that Letterman experience, and that's the two shows that I, heard I guess were dream- You've heard it. Sorry. <laughs> That were dreams of my, and that's not a fart. That's a stomach growl. Stomach just growl. To be sure, I'm being a gentleman. Um, <laughs> you know, you Letterman go? and and SNL were the two dream. They were the goals. Yeah. Going, I started at the Groundlings, and everyone's goal is to to make it to SNL. Like when you're starting at the Groundlings. Um, anyway, so I. I and Letterman had always been the other thing. So there I get this chance to do this Letterman show. This dream just goes down in a you know fiery fiery flame uh crash. And then so when I got the opportunity to do SNL, I was terrified because I was like, "Oh, am I going to freaking burn down this other dream of mine?" Right. So I said no to it the first time that I got it. I even went through I I almost said no to the audition. Finally my girlfriend at the time told me go to the audition, just go and see and and so I did and then I got the job and I turned it down. You, I was writing what? At, I was writing at 70 show at the time. So to me it was there were so many things, but the main thing was like I've never fear heard of this. Of fear of failing and at the time I was like no I'll I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make my own short films I got you know I I don't know but but for sure it was just like terrified of failing if you don't do it you can't fail yeah because then I I didn't have there are a ton of other really cool things if you don't make it to SNL there are a million exciting things you could do in the in the comedy world in the uh, writing and acting world, but these two things were were the things in my head. So I, but I feel like that was less true when you were. Now it is. I feel like if you don't get SNL now, we have enough. Like Jenny Slate comes to mind. I know she did it, but then she uh, left the show, and then she's thrived. And yep. there's 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 so much in the landscape to do. But I feel like at the time you turn it down. You might be downplaying how badass it was. One or two. Still, oh, there I wasn't, mean, this is sort of pre-internet. I oh, mean, yeah, a lot, there is, a like lot of people do. thought it was a like a quote-unquote punk rock move, but, <laughs> but but those people didn't know that it was coming from a shitting my pants in fear thing of not of being scared that I wouldn't do well. And how did you tell them through your agent or something? You're like, please pass with regrets. I think I had to talk to Lauren. I, I mean, I I did. They were telling them that too. But then I owed him. Uh, I I think I talked to him on the phone. Um. Well, I I can't remember. I either emailed him or talked to him on the phone. Uh, I probably would have wanted to email him so I didn't have to. Yeah. Oh, it was it was awful. That year was. Because they might talk you into it too, right? Yeah, so I didn't I think want you're that. making a terrible mistake. I, I think I did. I think he, you know, he said, "Well, if you change your mind," or something like that. Ooh. And then, and then I went that whole year and regretted it the whole time. Like, what a pussy I am! Why didn't I freaking? Oh, I just like. Also, the other thing was a money fear. Like growing up, my dad was in the financial industry, as I said, and he, you know, you would have times when the market would just crash and then all of a sudden you know you got a 
it's just what I, that was always in the back of my head. So doing a series of writing jobs where most of them are like 13 and out, 13 and out, 13 and out, uh, for people who don't know the system, 13 episodes, and then they get canceled. That's what I'm referring to. Um, you finally get to the 70s show, which was a job I actually really enjoyed and loved all the people. I'm actually coincidentally meeting up with a bunch to go to see a Who concert tonight. Oh, wow. How and on, also, on you're point. making good good money. And right. they had just been picked up for two seasons. So I like having that financial security, and it's like, I'm going to leave this thing, this really incredibly well-paying job, to go risk it, destroy another dream, right? And then, and then at a certain point, there were just too many things. Like my boss said, my boss at Seventy Show said, "Dude, go do the show." That because a year later they came back and said, it, ha- "Have you reconsidered it all?" Because my friends from the Groundlings had mentioned it again to Lauren. So, so my boss was so great to me at the show. Uh, Mark Brazil said, go do this, go do it. You have to do this. And if you, if it doesn't work out, you can just come right back here. Your job will still be here, That's which really was nice. so wonderful of him. Was it was feat? the last thing I needed to hear. Cause I did not want, I just was terrified, but, but it, it also God, was like, Bill, this is in, I got to do fascinating. it. So I did. Do you know if there are other cast members that turned it down? I feel like I don't, I don't know. I think there might've been, one maybe god i feel like janine janine might have there's always like i don't remember yeah but But not it's not common it's 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 certainly not common but it was not coming from a you know it was a real you wanted stability thing i understand yeah Yeah. but i also I, i also was scared to crush a dream and so but the the one thing that's different about snl than letterman i mean there are a million things that are different but the main thing was the ability to have have your reckoning at the table reads Hmm. like you can write stuff and then you get to perform it at the table read so you'll either hear laughs or you won't hear laughs so even if stuff doesn't get picked you'll go okay but that got laughs so I'm in doing. I'm heading in the right direction, and you know sometimes stuff wouldn't get picked that should have gotten picked, uh, or you can't control all that stuff. And some sometimes maybe you'd have two things at a table read, and both should have gotten picked, but one got picked, and then it's like because there was at the time there was such a big cast, and usually my stuff was kind of weird, so it's like oh we. We can't have we two weird. Yeah, we. This guy's covered by this one weird thing, and I, I understand. I do understand. But are that. you getting to what I think I've asked every single person that's done SNL on this podcast? I say, Which is what? Why can't you pitch it next week? I, I just don't understand. Like, if you have two sketches that get laughs, one of them is picked, one of them isn't. But fucking can of gin did get laughs. Why can't we just do it the next week? I'm just like. I think there's like almost like a mojo thing at SNL where they're just like that's just not what we do. We just keep moving forward. Uh, I was I was a a hideous offender on the re redoing stuff. Like I, I was there was this sketch that I did called Spelling Bee mm-hmm. that I had done at the Groundlings um, and had probably done it forty times at the Groundlings, maybe fifty times at the Groundlings, and. Um, 
it was one of my favorite things I had ever done at the Groundlings, and I knew it worked. And I know why you would be scared of it because it's one joke. It's all all I do is I come out and I'm the you know I get the word the word is business, and then I ask a bunch of questions about you know how do you you know can you use it in a sentence? What's the definition? All this stuff, and then and then for like as long as I feel like going, I just try to spell business and it's, you know, it starts, I get the B, but then it's like R D T F, you know, and just go for a couple minutes, you know, what at the groundlings, it would just be like, you know, sometimes I'd go for three minutes, just saying letters, say like trying to spell business, 25 Q's in a row. And just like, it's so dumb. It would, it would Q. just go, it would just like, People Cute. would just go. That's the. This is the dumbest thing. But it would I, because of that. It just <laughs> like. And so it was. It it was. I understand the fear of that. Like if people aren't laughing in the beginning. Yep. Then you're just doing this sketch that's not getting. That was on laughs. The Simpsons where Krusty comes in. He's hosting SNL on The Simpsons, and he has a huge ear. Yeah. He's like, oh, let me just clean my ear first. And he takes out a huge Q-tip and it doesn't get a laugh. And he goes, there's four more minutes of this. <laughs> like, like when you're being held hostage by a sketch, like you have to keep doing it. I sometimes feel that when I'm doing stand-up. I'm like, I'm stuck. I have to keep doing this bit. So you think maybe they were trying to save that? Well, well it's you know, it's I understand the fear of it because to them, that's what they you know, the, the, there's like, okay, this is a risky thing to do, but I put it up <laughs> once. It went really well at the table read, but they didn't put it into the even the dress rehearsal. I put it up again, I think a year later, same thing. I put it up a third time. It's you, you, you don't usually put up things more than twice. I put it up five times before <laughs> they even let it in the dress rehearsal and it was i i will always thank jack black for this jack black i i also wrote like a little Fligu. and tenacious d song for them to sing at the end to to get because there I, I will admit there's not much first of all there's the risk of it not working at all which i wasn't worried about because i had done it so many times at the groundlings it was like i th- i it's I'd proven th- at least take a shot on it at yeah. dress rehearsal but the d- definitely there was not a a a big part for the host. That's for sure. It's like all this, my character doing the spelling bee. So, so Jack Black, uh, you know, powered, powered that thing into the show. And I finally got to do it, but it was, that's what I was going to ask. And it was in stories like that. There's usually an X factor where someone, this is silly, but like I was trying to sell cartoons at the New Yorker and I would repitch every week. I would hand in the 10 new ones I was supposed to do. That'd always be uh, two or three. Are you sure? And then Jack Ziegler, uh, the late, great Jack Ziegler, he was my Jack Black and was like, I think he literally said, give the kid a shot. <laughs> and I was really? like, yeah. And they bought one that week. So these are essential stories. The repitching is, oh, yeah. can be okay. I mean, you got to do it with some gotta, grace. You, I wouldn't do it with, with some piece of crap. You know, right. I would only do it for things I really. And it killed in. on the show. Uh, it, it, it did very well in the show. I got to say I was I I would have kept going for probably another minute, but it was the last sketch uh-huh. of the Christmas show and I knew that 
that we were I had looked up at the clock and knew that we were running out of time and Neil Young still had to play his I'm like You're I eating into Young. I don't want them to go out to the commercial break before this sketch is done. So I just I feel like I I ended it earlier than I want. But I would say it, I was I was really excited that Lauren let us try it cuz I know it's kind of, you know, a risky thing to ask and 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 uh but there was there was another one called Benjamin Franklin that I kept trying to put up. Gingerman? And this one I didn't I hadn't done at the Groundlings. Benjamin? It was this this setup you're setting up these uh a uh these this couple had a friend who was single and they said, "Oh, we met this wonderful person. Um <laughs> they love a lot of the same things as you. They're super into history and you know, <laughs> Uh, uh, they they are just you'll really like them. This look is it's like the spitting image of Benjamin Franklin, but it's a woman. And so I was I'm Benjamin Franklin. I even have the bald patch. And when I so I it didn't get didn't get and it was it was really silly and it would do well. You were playing the, a woman, Benjamin Franklin. Yes, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Um, in present day, it was like present oh, I, day. No, I love it. So anyway, it we would. I put. I must have put it up four times, and then the last time there was a big fight between me and Seth Myers because Seth came in and I said like I wanted to put it up, and he said, or I forget the, he had said something about there being no response in the room <laughs> like seth is one of my best buds like i love him but it was it was tense because i was you know well then we then we weren't in the same he said oh it it kind of laid laid flat in the room and because we were in right. the wrong we were in a different room bud yeah because yeah. what i said <laughs> anyway it never even made it to a dress rehearsal and my my problem always was with that. Wouldn't it be funnier in a dress rehearsal? Doesn't the costume carry this quite a bit well, further? Well, to me, it's like, I, th- this thing might shit the bed, for sure. Any sketch might. But at that point, it's my eighth year on the cast. Clearly, I care about this sketch and am interested in it. It's done well enough at table reads, even the fourth time around. Just give me a chance to do it in a dress rehearsal. And it's like... They'd still, they just wouldn't do it over and over again. So finally, Seth uh, on his show uh, does a thing called uh, Second Chance Theater, and and this uh, had the honor of being the first installment of Second Chance Theater, which was to do this this really dumb Gingerman Gingerman Franklin and it lived and I was on working on Last Man on Earth at the time so I had to do it with a beard and uh, and it was really fun and it went really well people enjoyed it but it it definitely like it's you would you'll never know how it would have done at SNL because for the you know at, at Seth's show we talked about it for like a whole segment so like you're always gonna know the the emotions behind it and you're like this there was a fight about this dumb stupid thing and then it's just like doing it it's you don't know what laughs are coming from oh that's something i would have laughed at if i just saw this or if it's like snl or if it's like oh this is how could you have ever thought that this would have been yes so it was it was really fun to do and (laughs) and, uh but yeah it's just stuff like that if i was 
a very, very close friend of yours for your 50th birthday, which is coming up. So if Seth Meyers hears this, which I'm assuming he will. Seth, Seth hi. Hi. We can't do you. We can't do your voice. I would get a huge $100 bill yeah. framed, but it has Benjamin Franklin on it. That's a good gift. A great gift. <laughs> what did you audition with when you auditioned? Do you remember? I did uh, a Tim Calhoun, which was a character that I used to do at the the Groundlings mm-hmm. for a long time. I uh, and then ended up what doing it as an owl. He was like a. a clueless politician um, who coincidentally was basically the same guy that's in the spelling bee sketch. (laughs) And then, um, and then I did this speed reader who was like a speed reader trying to, um, uh, to woo this woman with his fast reading. And so that was pretty fun. And we actually got to do that on the show too. And then a prison guard character. Wait, is he reading silently or out loud? He'd just go, he'd like stand up, you know, he'd walked in next to this, this woman sitting at a bar and he has this book and he kind of loudly flops the book onto the, the, uh, the bar and just goes and just reads like a hundred. It just says, I just read 150 pages, you know, Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> I just drooled, Will. I drooled. Like, so it's it, it was. Drool. Then there was a prison guard. What was his deal? He was real, like okay, we're 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 about to do, you know, just some real over the top, very yelly. Yes, and I did a couple impersonations. I did, uh, um, I auditioned twice because I came back and and they said the second time, well. I'll explain Hit it. the first time. So it was um, Martin Sheen, who I, I don't do a good Martin Sheen. I just, I, I it was something like this. Maybe it's a little better. Than That's this, good. I said, hey, uh, this is Martin Sheen. I've had a little bit of a cold. So if I don't sound like myself, it's because of that. If I do sound like myself, then good. The cold's going away. And that was basically it. <laughs> That's such a funny. And then Michael that's McDonald. That's a funny way around it. Then I was McDonald. just last night we were watching Great British Bake Off, and I was like, "Why doesn't someone?" They're always telling the the judges that they're going to do something amazing, right? And yeah. then it doesn't do well. I was like, if I was on that show, I'd be like, "My my cake design is called the complete disaster." And the idea is that everything that can go wrong will go wrong. So it's tiered, but the tears are kind of crumbling into each other. And it's very dry inside, and the ganache is too thick. And then when you give it to them, they're like, you nailed it. <laughs> like, this is terrible, but it's what you said you would do. So, well done. That's really it's good. Very similar to your thing. Oh, my God. It's the gold Martin Sheen. That's really good. No one good. does it, though. Uh, Michael McDonald. And that was just like, hey, I'm Michael McDonald. I, I, I don't do it, Michael. <laughs> I love singing, yes. so I was like, "Oh, I'll uh, Michael McDonald," and I just want to do a little medley of my songs. And it was, it was just, uh, uh, "You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this." Wait, that's all you. Tell, wait, what's the other? Uh, telling me I'm gonna be there. 
It was just kept going back and forth between Yamo be there and taking it to the streets and just like just like cutting not uh, cutting in in and out of the songs at yes. just dumb points and it was just I call that a, it's a playground bit. You can do it's like your spelling bee bit. You like yep. bits where it's like as long as I'm getting a laugh, I can keep blowing into the same flute. <laughs> Right? It's <laughs> it like, if this is doing it for you, I'll just, do it all day. It was just fun to do. It's and then great. there was a final thing that was a, a thing I used to do at the Groundlings, which was this, uh, the Groundlings sketch, which I had to explain to them was, okay, for the purposes of this, I'm one of those men on the street that's dressed all in gold. <laughs> um, you know, gold face paint, gold uh sequin clothes and just everything is covered in gold and I don't move unless somebody puts a dollar. I have a in the sketch I have this jar. I'm sure I said this in a way shorter setup than this, but <laughs> I have this jar that people put money in that say dollars make me move. So a bunch of people have come by, dropped in a dollar, I do a little robotic movement and then and then finally at some point all those people get get bored of me take off, go watch a sword swallower down the way, and then come while they're all gone, some person comes up and reaches in and grabs all the money out of the jar and uh, and takes off and just steals all my money. And I'm frozen up there because they have not put a dollar in. They've taken money out, so I can't move. So eventually the group comes back and... Uh, and a kid, you know, somebody puts a dollar in and I go robot walk <laughs> off to try to see where this person is, but they're long gone. So I get back up on the pedestal and I'm kind of crying a little bit frozen, frozen, but c- tears are, are coming out. Um, would you cry? No, I can't do that. I'm not a good actor. But when you, everything you're explaining, would you do the moment where they took the money and you'd be like frozen and upset? Is that part of it? I would in the sketch, but yeah. if, to them, I was just explaining this. I think I, I think it was way quicker because the, the, so what eventually happens is some kid says to his dad, um, "Dad, why does why does the gold band look so sad?" And he says, "I don't know. Maybe if you give him a dollar, he'll tell you." And maybe if you give him two dollars, he'll tell you in song. <laughs> so he puts two dollars in, and this song comes out. It is. Uh, uh, I guess I have to sing the song. Yeah, I've done this before, do. but it's like. Uh, so I mean, it's. If you wouldn't mind. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. Just because there's a man, or wait, just because I'm a man made of gold doesn't mean I'm made out of money. But the calling I've found is to give people pleasure through incredibly precise robotic movement. That's why I come out to the streets to help me make ends meet. And I work real hard to fill up that jar. And then a bad apple ruins the barrel. Heart of gold. <laughs> One for carrot. But through all the pain, I grin and I bear it. Heart of gold. But I'm living a golden dream. Because anyway you slice it, we're all on the same team. Come on now, everybody. And then as I continue to sing, everybody starts to surround me and sing with me. And like everyone's super excited. 
And then, as you'll see, the tide turns, and then little by little they leave. But the song continues. They they leave, and I'm just up there continuing. But here's the rest of the song. Uh, <laughs> Cause then you slice it, we're on the same team. Come on now, everybody. Heart of gold, don't want it for carrot. But through all the pain, I grin and I bear it. Heart of gold, but it don't make me no saint. Cause I got a little secret. I suck cock for my face paint. Oh my God, I blew it right there. I suck cock for my face paint. Come on now, everybody. Heart of gold, I suck cock for my face paint. I suck cock for my face paint. Cock. Face paint. I suck cock for my face paint. I suck that cock for my face paint. Face paint. Cock. Face paint. Face paint. Cock and face paint. Cock, 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 cock. Face paint. Cock, cock, face paint. Face paint. Cock, 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 cock. Face paint. Face paint. Cock, cock, cock. Face paint. Cock, face paint. Cock, cock. Together at last in a heavenly union. Cock, 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 cock. Face paint. And it just keeps going. So that was the very last thing I did for the, uh, the SNL audition. And then, then I kind of sadly scramble all my stuff together and walk out and, and Lauren happened to be there kind of by the entrance. And I think Tina was down there and, and the different producers who were watching Mike Shoemaker, I'm sure was there and a couple other people. But I, I said hello to Lauren. I just said, or no, I didn't. All I said was sorry for all the cocks. And then I, and then I left. And then I, the next thing I knew, I, I heard that I got the job. Uh, and is that the time you turned it down? That was the time I turned it down. And, and they were then, like, get me the cock guy. And he was like, he can't do it. <laughs> Which is a cocky I move. I need my cocks. Wow. Um, and then the next year, they called wow. up and, and said, have you rethought it? I said, yes, I would like to come. They said, okay, well, we'll just just come do an audition again, but... But you're good to go. It's just for oh, for nice. uh, uh, you know just to, to get you on. I don't know what whatever. So I had to come on. And that time, I did inst- I did a shortened uh, an abbreviated version. But I didn't do the impersonations. I did Joni Mitchell, and I said, uh, "This is hi. I'm Joni Mitchell, and I'm I've recently done a uh, an album of covers, and so I have a cover for you." I think you'll enjoy this song. And it was, it was just, it was to the tune of, well, you see, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cobras. Do not let them get to get guitars and drive in old trucks. Let them be doctors, let them be lawyers, another good hearted folk, but do not let them grow up to be cowboys. And that was oh that was it God. for that. And then that one, oh we got God. the job. And then I took it. <laughs> you should have gone, cock. <laughs> like one last oh cock. Oh, my God. It is the cock guy. Oh, my God. But I sang the cock song. You again. did twice. Yes. Yes. Now, here's something that seems silly, but I think it's helpful. Did you, you're doing your SNL audition. It has the word cock in it 100,000 times. It's so funny. Yes. Did you ever go, I can't. It's a show where I couldn't say cock. Or you were just like, I'm just going to be funny. It was just, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, yeah, it was just something I love doing, and I it was, it was like, I just want to be comfortable. And I, I don't think they, 
I think that was fine. No, I didn't even think about that. So it's more. And like- we did. I'll tell you, we tried. We almost tried to do it. And of course, you can't say cock. So it was like a bunch of euphemisms. And I had a pit in my stomach because it was like I ro- I I I gobble not for my face pain. I chew dung for my. Fa-. And it was like it just wasn't the same. And I was yeah. like. I gobbled and, up and, and I was it was really the only time that I was there. It was like gobbled my fourth up. or fifth episode. And it was really the only time I've ever thought, oh, I hope this goes really bad because I just it would be taking my favorite sketch and just turning it into something different. It was just a and different you, yeah, joke. You yeah. Know? You wanted for the, the integrity of the bit for it to not work. I've never yeah. heard of that, but yeah. I understand it immediately. Because at first it was like, Oh, this might be all right. And then it was I was up there, I was like no, this won't be the same pleasure as waiting for someday. Someday they'll let you say cock on TV. But I've always oh thought, God. like, that's, you know, I don't know. It, it, and you know. did it not work well with Gobble Knob? They, well, they definitely didn't do it. Oh, they didn't do it. Um, but we did it at dress rehearsal. Oh, I, I see. I don't remember if it was like, I don't remember it bombing super hard, but I also. Enough to not make it. Also, I think the stuff the er, the stuff that happens in the early part of it, it's a lot of like you know, n- not a lot of people talking and stuff. So it it, uh, y- you know, it probably was sparse laughter, laughter at little points. So it, I, I think on many levels it didn't make it. <laughs> but interestingly enough, during the writers' strike, we. Uh, we did an SNL show at the UCB theater in New York while we were just sitting around cause we couldn't do SNL cause there was no writing going on. So, so we did a show just for the hell of it. I think it might've been a, uh, some kind of, uh, fundraising show, maybe even a fundraising show for like the, a writer's fund while people were not working. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we did it and I got to do it in the show, the original version. Oh and, my God. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, it went it went really well. I have a very specific last man on earth question. Yes. And it's either going to be a great question or it's going to be like my Seinfeld oxygen riff. Okay. Um I thought to give you the context, when I the scenes in, in HBO's Crashers that were the hardest for me were when I was by myself. Like yeah. it was just like just get a bowl of cereal and eat it. Yeah. And I, I would have to like breathe and try and I'd do like a dance off camera to try and loosen up my body and I'd try and do all these mental tricks to like forget that there was a sound guy and like 50 people in the room and really go like what do I do when I'm in my pajamas and I get a bowl of cereal like can I not find the camera like there's the, the your vanity wants to like find where the camera oh. is and like face it so yeah. it gets the good pour of the milk and all that stuff so you, the one of the my favorite pilots of all time is the Last Man on Earth, oh, and I watched you. it, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" It was Chaplin-y and and brilliant. Do you have? And if you don't, I'll look bad. You'll be fine. Was it hard for you to pretend to be alone when you and I both know there's seventy five people in the room? That's a good question. Um, I mean, you're yeah. talking to balls and lemons and, or you know toys and was it natural was it old will in I, his bedroom again i 
for some reason, it, I mean, there were a million things that were hard about that show, but that for some reason wasn't one of them. Really? It just was. Um, at that point, we had uh, spent so much time writing and and uh, you know writing the and we were so deep into the series and just living with it for months. I don't know. It I was, don't know. It it, it was. I, I also think because of the fact that it's that you're actually having conversations because we we wandered into that castaway yeah. situation where yeah. you're talking to all the balls yeah that 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 kind of helps because i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. i remember and it was not on last man on earth but there was another thing that i remember the first thing that i had to do it was this Run and Jump was this movie I did in Ireland. It was a complete drama, and I, I, it was the first time I had done anything like that. Um, and so I was terrified, and and but I felt like, oh, okay, well, I'll be over in Ireland, so nobody will ever see it unless it somehow turns out good, um, and I don't blow it. And uh, and the first day was something where all I had to do was walk to the other side of the room. Like I'm walking, somebody else is doing all the talking and I'm walking. And I remembered going like, I almost couldn't even remember how to walk. Yes. Cause you're like, Oh, this is, these guys are judging me now. The only thing they have to judge me on right now is how how I'm walking in here. Are are, if I don't walk correctly, what if I've, fucked up walking and they just yeah. started regretting casting me in this uh, so it was it was so weird is this weird mental thing yeah my friend chris there did clown school and i believe the first exercise they did which was really hard and took a very long time for everybody to get good at was walk out the whole class is there walk out on stage as if the theater's empty and they would do it over and over. And this is to master movement, yeah. to master clowning. It was like the hardest thing in the world was to walk out as if no one was in the room. Wow, that's interesting. You start performing. You start yeah. like, oh, I'm going to square up to the audience. I'm going to... It was so hard. Somebody, yeah. I forget who it was, somebody told me to do math in your head. I don't know if that worked, but that's what I would do. Because you're thrown into oh, this interesting. situation where like one of the first things we shot on Showtime's Crashers was that I would walk around a corner and I'm just holding a bag and it's a long shot. Yeah. And Judd Apatel was directing action. And I was so in I my love head. That you keep calling it crashers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. And I, so if any scene in HBO's crashers that I'm walking around, I'm doing math in my head. Usually really? sevens, seven multiplications. Like I'm trying to multiply forty nine by seven, and I'm like, and and don't move your mouth, but like that's how you look like you're not thinking. How do I walk? Oh, I'm not saying it worked, but it, it at least got me out of my head enough. Yeah, what no, is that's it? interesting. What you've done, Nebraska was amazing. You're a great dramatic actor. I haven't seen Run and Jump. It's tiny, and it it I I was. Uh, it, it turned into a really cool little movie, but it, but it is this small Irish movie. And so, yeah, I don't think a lot of people saw it. But the question that I love to ask people that have done so many things you have, let's just do the speed 
it's called the speed round, but that doesn't mean you have to be fast. Yeah. It just means what is the greatest lesson you've learned about blank? And I'll just say some categories. But okay. the first one I'm interested in is acting. Like, is there some great acting advice you've been given? Or, or what do you, how do you help yourself act? You know what? There, uh, in Nebraska, Bruce Dern told me something about uh, be, be just, you just got to find the truth of each scene. Yeah. Just be be in the moment and find the truth of it. And it just sounded real actory mumbo jumbo-y. But then the more I thought about it, it, it it makes a ton of sense because it really translates to everything. Like even in stuff where you're doing big, stupid comedy, it's like the truth of that scene is to do is to react in this over the top way. So it's like it it just does make sense. And so so because a lot of times you'll go... Like, what's an example of a truth? Like, an yeah. example is in your... in You're as in, in one's head. In my in my head, as I'll do a scene, sometimes you'll go like, oh, is this interesting how I'm doing this? And it's like... But if the point is for it to not be interesting... I, I don't know. It's I like, hear you. It's, it's, it becomes... The truth is, do this what you're supposed isn't. to do for each yeah. moment. It's like, right. if you're just supposed to walk across the, the you know, to over this way, you don't want to walk in some weird way. You just want to walk in a Honestly. super, uh, like, just walk how a person walks. Like, like that's like that clown thing yeah. registers because it's, yeah, how do you, it's just trying to be super authentic and normal. For in front of when a camera's pointing at you right. and there are 50 people sitting there listening to you That's right. and you're, you getting out of your head and not judging yourself. And it's, you know, I'm still getting used to it. I still have my moments where I feel like I do a great job and moments where I'm a piece of shit. You know, so so it's uh, you know, I that's what I worked with a lot of actor uh, comedians that were acting for the first time, and I would always say um, the whole job is not to be embarrassed because I yeah. it, it's not to be embarrassed. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's embarrassing, yeah. and that's what Ted Danson. Somebody told me Ted Danson said they were shooting something with Teddy D, and he just went, "He's the best." Isn't acting embarrassing? And people have heard me say that on this podcast a million times, but I was like, "That's the job," is like. Here, here's Tony that, watching us, and if I just started going, how dare you talk to me that way? That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing yeah. to suddenly be angry. Yeah. Everyone knows you're faking. I mean, there's so many levels of it. Because it's like, A, it's embarrassing. What if, you're, what if you do a bad job? You yeah. know, what if you're yep. doing a bad job? Are people talking about how bad a job I'm doing? Like, yep. There's so many levels to overthink. And then, and then it's also, uh, if you're doing if you really start to like access true emotions yeah you feel you like sociopathic being vulnerable and, like yeah. you're you're like oh this is how people are seeing how i actually act yeah. in these situations and Dude. it feels like you're you're giving you're you're just giving away some of your secrets totally it's it's uh it's hard to get used to madeline wise who played my girlfriend in the third season is a true actor she's a theater actor and she's incredible and we would we sang the song i i had a tweet and it had all these likes but very few retweets <laughs> so i started singing this kind of paul simon african choir song which was impressive amount of likes 
Lower Manta retweet. Lower Manta retweet. Impressive Manta likes. It's impressive Manta likes became impressive Manta likes. And we would sing and she would clap. She'd be like, impressive Manta likes. Lower Manta retweet. So she's doing this super silly thing. Yeah. It's 10 out of 10 silly. And we're yeah. crying, laughing. It's 2 in the morning. We're in a car. And then someone will go, action, and should start crying. And I was like, this is, that's somebody else. That's unbelievable. That's another thing. Yeah. She'd get scary. And she's she's a star. She's incredible. That's amazing. That's yeah. a real actor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm over there doing math. Seven God, times eight. There's, I mean, a lot of these. <laughs> she's not, I get the feeling she's not doing seven times eight up there. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. doing something else. Oh my God. Real deal. What about writing? You've done so much writing and you're doing some writing for groupies. Uh, What's a great lesson you've learned about writing? Writing. My greatest lesson, which is, uh, it's just to not do anything to, please anybody but yourself because it's it's i think uh it more applies when you're first trying to make it in the business i think because it's like you you can well no that's not true like i i i uh and it's not just writing it's like that it applies to kind of acting also i guess it's just if you're comedy if you like yeah if you're if you're trying to do something to get famous or make it big or, or, Oh, I I want this thing to be mainstream. So it's got to be more like this, but you're like, but you're doing it while really thinking, God, the best version of it is this way. That's a little more specific and might be more niche. And, Mm -hmm. and like, don't ever try to freaking take, you know, go for anything to try to increase popularity. Just do what you love, what you love about the thing. And then the rest will sort itself out because yeah. there's nothing more painful than not having your thing done the exact way that you wanted it to be done. And then it yeah. eating shit. Cause everything can eat shit and you can get like McGruber ate shit in the box office. It did. I, Oh yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we, it was a low budget, so it wasn't like crazy. It was, you know, but when all is said and done, I, it, we might've broken even, I, I don't know. I'm sure the, the, I feel know, like whoever financed DVD it would hit. say that it was like a disaster. So they don't, you know, uh, but, but anyway, it's like, it's, I, but I can, I can live with MacGruber eating shit because I love it. It's, I'm super <laughs> proud of it. And yeah. if I had tried to, you know, safeguard it, uh, and, and make it more palatable to a mainstream stream audience, first of all, there's no guarantee that it's not still going to eat shit. And then right. you just are bummed because it's like this thing that's out there that's like, that's not You'd the rather way I really be a failure to do it. you love. Yeah, yeah, I love it so that. much easier. Tell the celery I'm story. I'm a good failure. I, I failed everything. <laughs> I you told me. I told you when I met you that the celery in the butt scene is the best timed piece of film. It's like as a joke goes, the cut, <laughs> the way it's edited, and the gag itself is so perfectly executed. And he said thank you very nicely. And then you said something funny about the celery. Do you remember? Oh yeah. So in, in by the way, Uber, it's so funny you said that. Let me first say, when you say acting is embarrassing, it's <laughs> like. But that's the thing. The funny thing is, 
that celery thing. Yeah. I could do that a million times and it would be way easier than any time trying to legitimately <laughs> be sad in a scene, like an emotional, like you got to be super sad. It, like, like, like look at that person. That person just broke your heart. Wow. Um, and I think mean, that stuff's easier as you do it. The more you do it, it yeah. becomes easier. And but you're not shy Because you get less embarrassed and less nervous about it and like more used to accessing this vulnerable thing but like i would take freaking being basically naked with a piece of celery at my butt over like expressing true emotion in front of a camera it's just easier to do it's like you know <laughs> for um, some for some i don't know for, for, for daniel day lewis is oh going, yeah I'll, no, no, no. <laughs> I'll do it but you have to remove the celery thing <laughs> Uh, the so so the that day my mom had come to visit we were in Albuquerque and my mom had come to visit the set and and she had brought two friends so I knew the you know I had gotten the call sheet and I knew that oh that's we're doing this celery scene I probably knew a couple of days in advance but that's in the morning and then you move on to other stuff in the afternoon I can't remember <laughs> what was in the afternoon but it was not me putting celery in my butt and dancing <laughs> naked so I. Um, I said, my mom said, well, we might go to Santa Fe in the morning and then, uh, and then come <laughs> see the afternoon. I said, that sounds like a great plan. And then l later in the day, she said, plans have changed. We're going to stay in the morning and then go to Santa Fe in the afternoon. I said, I, I would go back to the first plan. I mean, it's up to you, but, but there's, I don't know that your friends are going to be super excited about seeing this. I don't know. You're going to love yeah. your friends seeing this yeah. while you're there. Anyway, she said, Oh, it's fine. Um, so anyway, they came and I just remember doing one of the takes and looking over <laughs> hands, cupping my balls, celery lodged in between. It wasn't in my butthole, but it was like in the taint make it look like, and I look over and my mom's just, it's taint for my mom's my mom who you've seen this loving just yes. unconditional love through everything just smiling and behind her these two women with it's like they've had all the life sucked out of them oh just having god. to watch like oh my god thank god this is not my son oh type of look just god. like why I could be in Santa Fe right now why am I here watching this my eyes burn that's the state flag of uh, or the city flag of Santa Fe. We're not a guy putting celery in his butt. <laughs> the other funny thing was there was some dude who we we realized had been like taking the celery after the scenes, and, and we just thought, oh, is this some person that's part of the set or like yeah, some security extras? Yeah, it's just it's some guy who's just starting his first day today, and we didn't. And it just was some local Albuquerque dude who was just—I don't know what he did with the celery, but ants on a log, baby. I don't think he ate it, but I we can't, can't be, be sure. sure. Yeah, we we can't know. Yeah, we can't know. Yeah, but he has it in yeah. his own museum. Yeah, that no one's allowed to see. Yeah, it's weird. That is very very weird. It is weird, and I I, I love it, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, what about improv? Do you have a great lesson about improv? Uh, improv. Yeah. Uh, just relax. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, 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 I don't want to say I suck at improv, 
because I can have moments where I can do a good improv, but, but it all just comes down to, to feeling comfortable up on stage because it's so much of what makes me bad at improv is fear of improv. Mm. And so if you can somehow find a way to relax and not worry about it, then you're just, your brain's moving and you're not, yeah, it's just like the focus thing, just focus and, and, you know, don't try to be too, too crazy with your suggestions because then it screws everybody up. Yeah. 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 That's big words from a man with a poom on his back. Like that's the jerk. Don't do that. Yeah. Not Steve Martin's the jerk. Well, we always end by, this has been delightful, but I want to be respectful of your time because I want to watch, where is that at, MacGruber the show? It is, Are right now we're writing it for, for Peacock, which is the streaming service for Comcast and like NBC universal. So we're, we're you suck peacock for your face paint. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just, we're cranking it out right now. We're trying to, but is it a much, pilot? It, we What's wrote happening? a, we wrote a pilot and then now they're let, they're paying us to write the rest of the series. If so they, they can read like the it, if they like it, they'll, Pick it uh, up. They'll pick it up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But there's no pi- there's no pilot that's been shot. You wrote a script. They were like, write the rest of the script. Then we'll decide. I know more inc- intricacies of this stuff, but I'm not sure what is allowed appropriate for me to say. I don't I know understand. what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. Right. I do know it's it's we've we've had a uh, a real journey in trying to get this thing made and it's looking like we've finally found a home for it and they're going to let us do it the way we want to do it and it's exciting and uh uh but you just as you know you just never know until the deal is sealed but but peacock is being wonderful letting us write it so they're that you know i'm i'm hoping we'll be making these for peacock starting to shoot them sometime in March. And then hopefully I think Peacock is, you know, launching at some point late summer or something like that. And hopefully we'll be one of the things they launch with. If not, we'll just keep searching for a place to do it. But, but it's just fun getting to move what we keep getting the opportunity to move forward. And it feels like this is, you know, for the first times in, in 10 years, we've been wanting to just, do something with it yeah and it feels like this is the right thing to do i feel like i like what is happening with this series version of it more than i would i i'm more comfortable with it than doing a second version of the movie not to say that there would never be another mcgruber movie but this feels like it feels like a nice thing it takes some of the pressure off of a sequel thing because it's a different form of it, but it's to me like the stuff we're coming up with. I think the people who actually were fans of the movie, I think will, will be enthusiastic about this disgusting thing that we're doing. I love that. Yeah. And this is funny because we're sort of out of time. Not really. I mean, there's no time other than your life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have time. But well, we usually, we got plenty. We usually talk about the meaning of life. Have you ever seen a ghost? What do you think happens when you die? Were you raised religious? These are fun things. Uh, yes, I was raised Catholic. Uh, not super excited about a lot of things about the Catholic Church. I think 
Um, I think I don't even have to really go what into the stuff, but I will. The, <laughs> the obvious, the, yeah. the, the, not just the, the sexual mistreatment, well, the rapes yeah. of people, but also the way the church hit it. That's a bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't like their, uh, stance on gays and don't like their, you know, the stuff they, you know, women can't be priests, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's a big bummer. So it's like, yeah, no, you know, I, I do, I do believe like I'm happy for people who get stuff. I, there's a lot of great, you know, lo- love people. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm against all Catholics. I just, I don't, I don't like the actual organization of the, the church, yeah. the, the, all the, the spiritual side of it and the, all that stuff. That's great. It's wonderful. But like, you know, come on priests who hit that stuff. That's just, that's yeah. against everything I was ever taught uh, growing up. And it's like, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's a bummer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and in addition to that, we're also going to, you know, not accept every person. Um, that's a bummer. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm up for, some, you know, I'm not myself a part of any kind of church, but I'm not against it. I'm, I would always be open for stuff. God, now I feel like I'm going to be in trouble with a bunch of Catholic people, but I don't, think so. I don't know. I, if, I think, if, if, if Catholic, if people who follow the Catholic faith are not also bummed out about this stuff, no, then, I, well, then you're that's in a bummer. good company. I've interviewed Catholics for the show. They would stand in solidarity to say okay, it's good. a terrible thing. That's, yeah. that's unequivocally terrible. And you're compassionate and right to mention it. Okay. I'm wondering if any of the spirituality transferred on to you. Do you, what I'm wondering is the guilt. I have the Catholic <laughs> guilt for sure. Do you really? Yeah. And I, d- I definitely have, uh, Oh yeah, I have the guilt, but I also there is the concept of God and what God is. For sure, I hold on to part of that, and I will at times say a prayer, like a just formal in case. prayer. Or are you freestyling? I'm freestyling. No, 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 not a, not a, not, not a, our, our father. father. Yeah, you're saying God's will. Yeah, I'll, I'll thank. I'll thank, I'll, I'll ask for something, but I also don't want to just be, you know, the person who asks for favors, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll do some thanking also, but it's, you know, God does have a lot of shitty friends. Yeah. It's just, hey God, um, flights delayed, pal, <laughs> you know, like he's just hitting them up. But you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's, you know, I go, I have to question these things. It's like, why you know you you think these horrendous things that have happened within that church you know it's so anti the teachings and then you go like oh is this a form of god testing our faith to make it seem like god doesn't exist and then and and hmm. i don't know it's a weird a weird does that make sense no, I understand that that does seem like it's rooted in guilt and fear where we're like, what if it's a test? Yeah. Like things get so shaky and then I turn my back. But at the end, God lifts up his mask and goes, ha ha, you yeah. stop believing in me. And you're like, but you things got so bad. It was no. a trick. Uh, I, th- I think you can relax on that. 
Yeah, I I, I, I certainly don't. I I feel bad because I don't want to offend anybody who is a that. big believer. But I also, you know, th- this is just kind of well, an easy what, way where I'm at at this point. So I feel like might as well. You're when you die or somebody. And by the way, yeah. I'm not in any way talking about the like. There's when, when I am in. I don't know. Now, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I stand behind all those things I said. Never mind. I'm not gonna. You know, I think you're good. I mean, for sure. There's no this. Remove all the the rape stuff is just like abhorrent and fucking. I mean, that's crazy. I yeah. just it makes me super mad. So none none of this stuff is. I'm not hemming and hawing about. Yeah. Oh, is that was that so wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. That that's just in its own little little. You know, but I I'm I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say. I it feels tough when you when you are talking about. I guess this, yes, there is still some Catholic stuff in there. Because as I'm saying, I'm like, why am I feeling bad for saying these things that are obviously going against this relation, this religion that I was raised with? And it is obviously because there's still some of this fear and guilt in there. Yeah. Because, yeah, as I look back, it's like, yeah, all those things are absolutely things that I, you know, I, I, you know, not just Jesus, just but me... every major religion would be like that is horseshit, and I'm quoting yeah religion. But like, <laughs> well, well, not all religions because a lot of religions still persecute. That's true. Gays, and so it's you're like, right. You're right. So I, Fair. so you know, I'm I'm for what is it? Is it Episcopalians who are super open and allow women to be priests and and super open to to uh, the whole. LGBTQ community is that is that there's different branches of lots yeah. of different sects that I believe that so are groovier. I'd be way more likely to to uh, search for my spirituality there. Well, church aside, I guess the better way to put it to take us out of your discomfort with the political allegiance or disallegiance to any certain group or structure. What is going on here? What is the story you tell yourself about reality? What is the story I tell myself about reality? Do you mean what's it I'll all give about? You some what's the meaning of life? I mean, we could be hardcore materialists and be like, this is a cosmic accident that that this sort of evolved. You know, it's like you put a million yeah. pennies in a dryer, one of the pennies will become a hummingbird. <laughs> that that I sounds mean, like I'm putting it down. I'm saying that is a valid thing. This is just infinite possibilities in this corner of the galaxy. This is what's happening. Uh, or is it, do you feel yourself leaning to a design? And then I am interested in what you think afterlife reincarnation, something like that. I, I mean, God, I could debate all this. I, I, I don't, I certainly don't have a well thought out theory of what I think is the meaning behind it all. Cause it's like the other day I heard the, or I read about on the internet, the theory of like, Oh, this is all just a simulation, a simulation by aliens or something like that. They're there. And, and, and I was thinking that would be really interesting because, you know, I'll, uh, I'm not a Trump fan. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, and it, it seems like at least what, what I think of as our, what our country stands for and, and what, what the you know the the fathers of the constitution had in mind i think it's Jen, Jen Franklin yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i think it's 
gone way off course. And and when I heard that that theory about the simulation, at first I was like, that's so dumb. I can't believe it. And then I was like, but what do I know? I mean, what if it was, it would be, it certainly would be an interesting thing to have some freaking crazy dude become your president right and then start doing all these nutty things to see how long these other people who might not be aliens would hold on it's just like right. an interesting thought experiment i no, I, I don't think that's the case but like you know it's i i, I certainly will never say yes or no to anything but in my head and even like, if it's not a simulation from aliens cuz that to me is taking a third party it is a simulation meaning Reality is the hallucination that we agree on. So our brains oh, are constructing reality. So it is a simulation of reality, yeah. meaning we're molecules and I'm sort of representing me and you're representing you. So when I hear the- things like that, I'm so like... So we're like a simulation for the future. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. they look, they, they're, they're seeing this... <laughs> This this is our own test run, but it's oh, it's not a test run. This is actually happening. This it's actually happening, think. and it's not happening. Yeah. It's, it, theories like that also sound very ancient to me when you look at Hinduism and stuff, where they're just like, it's a play, it's a dance, it's like it's just like a a show. People in India would say it's a passing show, like it's just sort of phenomena. Yeah, and or you could say it's a, a simulation. Sure, all of those things encourage you to just sort of go like, what is this? which is, uh, for me, a really fun space or no space to stand in and just go yeah. like, what? Yeah. You're over there, I'm over here, and we're just kind of wearing pants? It's like a bizarre world. Yeah. What do you think happens when you die, though? Anything? Lights out? Ugh. I know what Lights I want out with it David to be. Spade? I know what I want it to be. I want it to be... Um, just complete i just i want it to be complete just all the best the 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 best of love just just like i I don't know the the my mind is like oh when i when i die i want all the mysteries to be unlocked so i can i can just basically go and explore yeah everything that ever happened everything that i had heard about and see what actually happened and like you know, so that's oh, that's, that's kind of more a uh, cerebral part of it. But like, I then I also that. just want you know, I want it to be like a sunset in Ireland, hundred, you, you know, just hundred percent of the time. That's funny. You know, what's funny about that. If you want to get into thought experiments, yeah. So I die, and, and they you enter. All my loved ones are right there. Zuckerberg's Facebook God mode, where you can just do anything. Yeah. Uh, and I go, geez, I've always wanted to know what it was like to be my father, right? What was it like when he was in his 20s? I'd love to have known him as a kid. What did he? What did it feel like to be him? And then it goes, okay. And then instead of playing me the movie, I just am my father. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm someone else who died and was like, what was it like to be Pete? And this is me finding out. That's also, it sounds just like a fun kind of thought experiment. That's also kind of a theory of what's going on here is yeah. we're just kind of going around swapping hats to yeah. learn compassion, to learn love, and Ooh, to learn about yourself. that's really interesting. That's interesting, because I've sometimes thought, yeah, is this, like, is this a, um, you always, you take another form the next time, and you're just the people who are, like, if you're really trying to do the right thing and doing 
a good job and growing as a person, you might go on to the an, the next life that you inhabit. You're maybe that much more evolved, like yeah. you know, an old into soul type thing. Until you get, until you until get you're to, done. It's like you're done. Well, that's what Buddha is. That's Buddhism. It's, okay, I you gotta, go like I I'm done. More. Okay, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't do it. Please just keep making. You just great tell me TV about shows. It. No, I, I'm no. I'm not an expert. I'm saying that is one of that's a working theory for sure. Yeah, that we just go around changing hats because there's only one of us. But then, by the way, there's the Catholic thing again. I got guilt. I felt guilty even bringing up uh, a, a rebirth into another life because the afterlife, you know, that goes against the 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 Catholic religion. Sure, and Christians have just like. There's you die. And, I would, and yeah. Heaven. If you, there are references, to I do. Oh God, I hope there's a heaven. I hope there is. Well, what fun! What but that's the other thing is like it's like, does it exist and what is it? Uh, maybe well, I would say whatever. if it did exist, we would still be in the same conundrum because you'd still be awareness. Even if you were awareness eating cake and getting a blowjob from like a lava cake, like a lava cake blowjob. It's not even a person. You're just like, holy shit, the caramel. <laughs> And you're eating cake, you'd still just be consciousness experiencing a different reality. And it doesn't actually solve the fundamental mystery, which is what is it that is experiencing? So even if you change the situation, the conundrum continues. Even if this is a simulation from aliens, I am still implanted with consciousness. And that being itself is the mystery. So no matter how you shuffle the answer, if I'm in heaven, if I'm in hell, if I'm in this, I'm in that... What is it that is, is the question. And that is what God is. God is the original is that can play any game it wants to, including lava cake blowjob, or including very typical Will Forte Catholic school heaven, pearly gates, and you walk in and there's your dog that kept farting. And his name is Ross. Like, we can do that too. But still, the mystery remains, no matter what game you're playing, what is it that is witnessing the playing of the game? That's the fundamental mystery. And that's where Buddha collapses into himself and vanishes into the void. Let's smoke some weed. My brain brain is like, smoke is coming out of it because i'm like i'm i'm i think i'm following you but it's like it's so it's there's what's beautiful will the more i deep deep dive into this stuff it is not contingent on us understanding it that's what's beautiful because people that lack a certain mental acuity or whatever would be outside of the game and that is not the game everybody's invited everybody's involved yeah you are already home that's the beautiful thing we always get very serious you have a thought I, I did, and then it went out of me, but I think I can pull it back in. It was, a, it was uh, obviously about, um, about SNL. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, oh, jeez. It's, uh, it was about... It was I said you, something it's not contingent about, on you understanding it. No, this, it was a little bit earlier in the... It's, it's, it's going to come from... Uh, even if we go to heaven, we're it's, still being it's from. Uh, it's basically based on uh, creation, I think, um, from what I remember. Hmm. Like Give the Bible creation, you can cut out that. You can cut out the thinking stuff, right? I'll just sing the. Give me a a oh, that's getting it. That's working. <laughs> no, what was it? It was something about God, traditional. I can't remember. What if we if we move away from it? Maybe it'll come back. Maybe, yeah. Because I can ask you the last question. Yes, 
Because what I always say is we get into this cluster fuck of the meaning of life. And then we always come out by saying, can you tell me in your life the time you laughed the hardest in your life? And I always take the pressure off. It doesn't have to be number one. It doesn't have to be a good story. If you're crying laughing and your stomach hurts, who are you with? How old are you? Where are you? Is it a forte fart? Did someone fall? I <laughs> the, the 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 thing that I first thought of was just we we used to play uh, Balderdash. Uh, we haven't played it in a long time, but like the fam Balderdash. Uh, no, with my my buddies John Solomon, who's one of the other. MacGruber writers, Dave Noel, um, who also is, yeah, MacGruber writer, but we've known each other for years and they're, they're you know, thank God I get to work with these guys too. Yeah. Cause they're, and I just re- remember these games we used to have with other friends of Balderdash and it was just, Oh my God, we Silly would laugh beans. so hard. It was, they were always so fun. I Why think I, I would pay if there was like a celebrity auction and it was one of the things was you can play, Words with friends, or not words with friends, Cards Against Humanity, or Dixit. I love the game Dixit, or Balderdash, or any of these games with Will Forte. I think I would bid a lot of money. Oh my God. Why don't we put ourselves up for auction and make some money for. Let's for do something. it. And we'll get. I play, it. but we can have a game of Balderdash with, with a couple of people. Let's do it. Are we going to do this? <laughs> well, yeah, right? Let's do There's got to be an easy website where you're like, all you have to do is bid a lot of money and you get to play Balderdash with me and you. And Val will be there. And you can bring your lady if Great. you like. Yes. And we'll be silly billies. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm going to look into it. I could, Well, I can't remember the thing. It had something to do with... Uh, oh, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> and this is kind of... Okay. When I did that... Okay, sorry. We just did the last question. Now, all of a sudden, I'm opening up this, you know, potentially... Um, I want to get your take on this, though. But it could be a horrible, boring thing to end on, but you can just snip it out. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) when I did run and jump, one of the things that the woman, I I was playing a doctor, an American doctor who came over and there was this guy who had had a stroke, um, an Irish man. And then he was going back to his family when he's just a different person. So one of the things the director had me do was to read this book by an Oliver Sacks type author <laughs> and the whole thing was about how there is the sense of the 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 idea of the self the concept of self mm. and how basically how we're just a meat machine you know we're just meat and we have those things in our brain that give us the idea that the make us think that we're self, but it's just like a bunch of chemicals and right. It's synapses. a construct of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Do, what's, what is your take on that? Uh, to him, he was positive. Oh yeah. There, we're not, we, there's no, yeah. Self. That's the other side is, is that, well, I don't believe there's a self either. So I, I concur with that, but that's okay. a deeply spiritual idea is that your personality and your ego as, as we would call it is false. Yeah. So a spiritual teacher like Richard Rohr would call that the false self. The true self is the witnessing presence behind that that's observing what you call will. So when you go, I'm hungry, 
you're not the voice that says I'm hungry. You're what noticed the hunger. You you are awareness. You are consciousness. Oh, that's interesting. You know okay. what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I do it on stage. I say, saying happy birthday in your head. And then I go, how are you hearing that? That's what mystics would call your soul. Science would call it your consciousness. But all most spiritual things that I found point that that is your true identity, that you are being. And this is what we're saying when you're like eternal life and you're not going anywhere. Will dies, but consciousness is always here and it can't go anywhere. It's just yeah. what is. And that's what God is. God, when in the Old Testament says his name, he says, I am that I am, which is a fancy way of saying I am amness. I am yeah. the quality of being. Yeah. And that's what God is. So Yahweh was the first metaphor for the idea when we first as human beings grasp the idea that there is something that is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. who you are. So self is a is an illusion. But when you get into the um the hard materialist idea that consciousness is something that we developed just like we developed um the sense of touch or whatever it might be just to survive, I I I like to quote Alan Watts where he says you can look at um consciousness as a very sophisticated form of matter meaning your brain constructs it in a very sophisticated way that we don't understand. So matter creates consciousness. Or you can look at it the other way and say, matter is a very simple form of consciousness. So like even a rock is a manifestation of consciousness in a very basic way. And okay. If you look at it molecularly, it is quite alive. It is moving. Yeah. It is constantly in motion. But we see it as a stable, dead thing. But even a dead body is moving on a molecular level in a crazy, yeah. vibrant way. Yeah. So I look at it the other way. I look at uh, everything that is, is a manifestation of one consciousness. But I, I'm not convinced intuitively that consciousness is a phenomenon of just the brain. And we don't, and I, I don't say this with arrogance and maybe one day we will, we don't have hard evidence that the brain creates or how the brain creates consciousness. That's the okay. great mystery. And that's not to put down science. Science is fucking incredible. But because that mystery exists, that's why I still lean on metaphors like God to say, yeah. this is how we can think about it until we have another way to think about it. Yeah. In which time, I'm happy to take the new way to think about it. But for now, the ancient symbols seem to be the closest way we can get to not understanding it, but merging with it and participating with, with it and flowing with it yeah. and knowing it in a, in a languageless way. And that's the stillness of meditation, or that's the moment while you're having sex or a great meal or looking at art or looking at an Irish sunset, that's the place where you are home. And then you start thinking about it and you fuck it up. <laughs> you ruin it. <laughs> it was like, it was like I was floating above the air. Like, get out of here. You know, these concepts too. Well, I mean, I know you're, you're about to say, well, I don't know them well enough dude. That's <laughs> I just explained how I don't know them well enough, but like these concepts are all pretty new to me that you're talking about. So I, again, I'm like, holding on to the tail of some bucking stallion as right. you're going through these things. I suppose. What's like, what, what's a good beginner's, you know, uh, uh, spirituality book for, for dummies that I could read to, to get me to start, uh, for having these, I would yeah. say the, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle is the best one. Okay. And it's a great audio book. Okay. And he's not going to, now you're talking about, he's language. not Audio even going to attach it to a symbol system as much as I do. Okay. I like to nail it down with things like God and stuff. He's much more, I recommend him even to okay. people that aren't interested in spirituality. I'm going to read the power of now by and, Tolle. uh, by Eckhart. It's going to blow your, and, it's going to blow the I want to do this again. So we can, we can, <laughs> uh, we can talk more. 
But the best thing you can do is when you have a thought, ask yourself who who heard the thought, or you have a feeling, who's observing, who's reporting on this, because that is the unborn, unchanging awareness that you really are. And if you sit with that, you don't need to read any books. If you can get into that, that's that's they're all pointing to it. Yeah. You don't have to understand it. You are it. That's what I would say. You, the one that's saying, I don't really understand that, who's... Who's watching whether or not you're understanding it? That's who you really are. And it has no interest in your ability to regurgitate the things that I've just said to you. Because okay. what I learned when I first started getting into this stuff is I'm going to memorize all this stuff. That's not really the point. The point is to lay it all down and realize you're already there because you are it. The thing that doesn't think it understands what, what's – that is the thing. It's okay. <laughs> just being it's like itself. Accept, acceptance of – what is the well the power of now that's right and what's looking at okay you? that's that that makes that makes a lot of sense for that title and now yes, i'm excited to you're gonna love it yeah what's looking at your eyes right now is another one that i say all the time okay. what what is the phenomenon that's looking at your eyes that is the mystery of the universe that's consciousness yeah and it's not something you need to understand it's something that you need to acknowledge and have some reverence for and then you can really start feeling some pretty interesting mysteries unfolding this is really cool this this it's so funny because you know you go into the day and you you go like like uh last night i was coming home and i i uh was like oh i'm gonna go i was excited to come do the podcast today but but on on one level of just like oh it'll be fun to talk to pete i didn't know that there might be some kind of life a sweet egg like like who knows i might read these books and just yeah. you know this might change the trajectory of my life i guess everything no everything and every day changes the trajectory but of every your once life, in a while like, you're in a store and you go is, wait a minute people had this i was waiting for someone to tell me ideas like this my whole life and just go what yeah. is this and that is what i was looking for was people that are playing with the idea that reality itself is a phenomenon and to and to have some humility, but also some participation with it is really fun. So read the power cool. now. Okay, will do. You will forte. Will do, sensei. Oh, yeah. And then I'll teach you kung fu. And then you'll <laughs> give me. Uh, yes, I feel yes, like in a tussle it. you would win. No. Nah. Well, I'm very big, but I feel like I've started going to a trainer. So yeah, I can, that's. I can then we're done. More. Then we're done. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna work my kids, my kidneys. <laughs> and I'm going to die. Um, well, uh, this was so fun. Thank you for going yeah, to distance. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is a full app. This is a real app. People, the fans are going to love it. They're going to see how did, how did, I, that it was two, two and a half. Two and a half. Oh, shit. And they're going to say, Forte went the proud of us. I'm, I'm proud, proud of us, us, too. Thank you for doing it. We're going to keep an eye out for Groobies, the TVs, poss- Possibies. And thank you for everything great that you've done so far. I'm a huge thank fan. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of yours. Well, it's really nice hanging out with you. I loved hanging out And too. now I think we're and I'm officially on like friends. Two, right? I, I hope so. And we're yeah. going to do that game night thing. And I hope. And then I'm on like two hours of sleep. And the fact that I enjoyed this is really. <laughs> go take a nap. I, I might, but I don't know. I have a show tonight and it could go one of two ways. Great oh. nap or I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, okay. Would you say we have the guests say keep it crispy? Would you say it? In what you think a Will Forte impression sounds like. Keep it crispy. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Thank you. Thank you, Will.